All right, I'm recording, guys. I'm, I've just started recording now. Ahoy, hooey, hooey. Ahoy, hooey, hooey. You'd better believe it. You'd better believe it. Pow, Mia. Pow, Mia. These are so weird. Okay. So we're gonna- <laughs> 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 oh, that's true. Hey there, welcome to the show. This is Beyond Synth, episode 316. Today is a family show. We are continuing our 90s review series, and uh, we're going to try and do two years because I would love to get through this. I just realized the timing and how long these are taking. I don't want this to go into next year, and I would love to finish this series off this year sometime. It would be very exciting for me. I am here with Florence Bullock. Hi. AKA Glitbiter. Go buy her album on Bandcamp. Oh, thanks. Do you call it an album or is it an LP or an EP? It's kind of like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's like a long EP. And what's the, uh, the most recent collab that you have out? I think the most recent collab was with Phaserland, but mm. speaking of which, there is a collab that may be coming up in a few days, a few couple weeks. Years? <laughs> Years? Who knows? Um, I might uh, make an appearance on the next A Star Apart album. Ooh, a vocal thing? Yes, a vocal thing. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so keep keep an eye out for that. This episode should be out before that, because it's the 15th he releases it, right? Isn't that the date? Yeah. I got an email. I got a Bandcamp reminder. Oh, that's good, because we were wondering if that went out, so that's great. All right, cool. Fantastic. So, the bottom line is, Florence is cool. Uh, go check out her music. And I am also here with Mr. Marco Merrick. Yeah, let's do it. We can do two episodes. I'm ready for a six-hour recording. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, we are going to fucking compress this into two hours. Sure. I swear, it has to be done. This is going to be... No, it's going to be 30 minutes. Heavily edited. Yeah, man, we're going to fucking race through this thing. Race to the top. Yeah, good, because i got to play some Dying Light after this, yeah. Where have you been since we last talked to you? Uh, I've been working a lot, playing video games, uh, just enjoying life, I guess. (laughs) There's been a lot of good music. Just enjoying life. Yeah, I am, all right. (laughs) Why is that so funny to you? Why is that all right? Alexis, Jesus. why is that funny to you? My life's a joke to Andy. No, it's just a... It's, <laughs> it's nice when people, like, you know, when you enjoy life and just say it so bluntly, it's a refreshing change from all the depressing people I keep seeing on social media all the time. I know, right? That shit brings you down, Andy. So I try to stay off it these days. But no, a lot of good music out, so I'm looking forward to playing some really good stuff. And no, it's really nice, you know, that, that there's still so much good music out there these days. It's really good. Really inspiring. Yeah, so I should let everybody know that just like uh, last family show, Marco is spinning all the tunes this week. And uh, you had an awesome playlist last time, and uh, I look forward to listening to the Marco's picks this week. Sweet. And I am also joined, lastly but not leastly, by Mr. Mike Mendoza. You wish now that our places had been exchanged? (laughs) That I had died and Boromir had lived? Andy? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that was so out of context. I like Lord of the Rings quotes. I just want you to picture something. Everyone listening, everyone here, picture the tomato. Oh, yeah, man. Coming out of his mouth. Someone had like a 10-hour thing on, on YouTube where it's just a looped thing of just fucking Denethor eating that tomato. Just the... You just like the splat and then just like... <laughs> did I already mention the best Halloween costume? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, good. Yeah, Denethor, yeah, <laughs> the guy dresses up a Denethor and then his partner dresses up as a tomato. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the best. It's so That's stupid. what I'm doing for Halloween next year. But anyways, Mike, a.k.a. Modern Night. Go check out the music of Modern Night. You made a new birthday jingle. We just debuted it on last week's show. Maybe we'll play it this week. I think I have one birthday. Oh, is it out yet? Is it like a releasable thing? Yeah. I should put it online then. Yeah, do it. I like it. All right. So people can get their hands on it. I made it upbeat and like smiley and catchy. That's what I like. I'm looping it all the time. I like the instrumental. I just loop it all the time when I'm doing work. Well, that's what um, I like to hear. Yeah, man. How are you doing? I'm okay. <laughs> no one ever asks you. Well, I don't Andy, know. how are you doing, man? I, I think you... I talk a lot on this show. I think people get a good idea where I'm at. I'm excited because the day uh, we're recording this, at midnight in a few hours, I'll be downloading Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. What, what if, if it, it sucks, sucks, though? It won't. Those Lego games are all, they're fun. They're fun games. They're, they're not like yep. super complex, but I enjoy that you actually play the sequences from all the Star Wars movies and you can visit the planets and stuff. And That's cool. I like the Sims style of talking. Can I get No, they, 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 they voice act in the newer ones. They have voice actors. I get off my fucking train. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, it looks good, though. It looks like fun, and um, they do that stuff where they sort of do parodies of all the, the scenes, but it's like, it's goofy, and it's like super cheesy, but in like a likable and sort of lovable way, as opposed to like a cringy way, just because of the nature that it's Lego. Like, cause some of the jokes are so corny, but it doesn't bug me, because it's like Lego, so it's like... It's okay. Anyways, look. They should make Lego games for, like, erotic thrillers. Like, <laughs> eight and a half weeks and, like, <laughs> basic instinct and shit. <laughs> I really want to see how they're going to do the scene where Michael Douglas is suckling at Glenn Close's teat. <laughs> 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 And instead of, like, an ice pick, she's got, like, you know, a bubble wand or something. <laughs> no, that's exactly what they do. That's what I love about the the Lego parodies. This is actually a funny idea. Write this down. Maybe we can learn Blender and do, like, oh my God. Lego oh thriller my God. parodies. I will say that Andy and I are going to commit to learning Blender together, and we're going to start our own production shingle. Have you watched the donut video yet? I'm so past the donut video. I'm already up to the teapot video. Oh, fuck, man. All right, so look, let's get this show on the roll here. On the roll. Let's do it. Marco? Yeah, I got a great song here from uh, Dead Life's new album, Tortured Waters. Uh, this is a really good album, uh, as, as all this stuff is, you know that. It's available at newretrowave.bandcamp.com and Spotify and all the other streaming services. And uh, the song that sticks out to me is uh, Zealous Veins. Really good stuff. And this, of course, uh, is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Uh, the Kings of the Pattersons, you know their names. Mr. Mike Shima, Mr. Chris Dance, and Mystery Donate. And now, let's listen to this. This is Zealous Veins by Deadlife.
And that was Zealous Veins by Dead Life. Marco's first pick of the week. And that have, uh, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Kroner Club. We got Emil and Hampus ML. With the 5666, it's Mike Erdahl. And with the $50 Club, it's Brendan Decker and Tim Carlton. Awesome people. And uh, and yeah, that is a cool song. I'm going to have to do a little catch up with Dead Life because like, I just listened to the album last week on Bandcamp Friday when I was buying everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a pretty kick ass album. Like, it's pretty much all awesome. So it's really good. Yeah. Made me happy. So look. Let's do it. We're going to do 1995 hits. And every time we do one of these shows... You and Mike argue? Yes. Well, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to bypass all that. So we can get all the cliches out of the way just so everyone yeah, knows. Andy called me earlier. We hit, we already nailed that. <laughs> <laughs> you already hashed it out. We spent an hour and 40 minutes on the phone earlier just like yelling at each other. Got it out of your system. Yeah. By now, the audience knows the drill. I don't like the 90s. Mike loves them. Uh, and... <laughs> So, you say, by now, everyone knows, I don't like Mike, <laughs> and he doesn't like me. <laughs> so, every, every time we do one, I listen back to the shows, and I try and find another way to sort of convey my... Disgust. <laughs> <laughs> no, my mission statement. So, basically, um, like, one of the reasons why I started this project is because... I don't really like holding on to negative feelings <laughs> and I don't want to walk around thinking I hate things that I might not actually hate. You know what I mean? So like I wanted to go back and listen to all of these 90s hits because I wanted to know <laughs> if my feelings were true. And now you just confirmed that you hate everything. Yeah, like well, I, but I wanted to know like do I still agree with my feelings? If I've changed my mind on some things and can let some of this negativity go, that would be great. And that was the point. I know it's the joke, but I was honestly hoping for a revelation that I actually liked this stuff and I would let these feelings rest. But of course, as we listen back to the things, it turns out I am just not fond of them like even now. And so the point is, that's what this has been all about. It's about revisiting things, finding out the truth, really listening to this stuff, and of course bringing you guys along for the ride. And what a ride it's been. I've said before, and I'll say it again. I think this show is just therapy for Andy. Yes. What do we say that, like, in the future, we're just going to be able to analyze you from just listening to this yeah, yeah, yeah. for, like, 10 years straight? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it, it'll hopefully explain all of the murders to come. <laughs> so let's get the ball rolling. Now, we got some information right before we started recording the show that Mike has informed me that in the year 1996, there was such a thing called dual singles, or what the fuck was that? Yeah, it's called a double A-side single. Well, we can talk about that when we get there. Yeah, so I never heard about this, and so this was a surprise. Me either. And that's that. So how about this? Let us travel back in time. We'll play a twinkly sound effect to the year 1995. I want you to picture it. Kevin Costner. He's a mutant fish man <laughs> in the future. <laughs> so we already talked about On Bended Knee from Boys to Men, right? Because that was a carryover from last year, mm-hmm. which uh, I didn't like. And uh, <laughs> Mike gave it a five. Of course. Are you rating things right now, Mike? Me is. I thought I would do it. Oh, you want to do it live? Well, I was like, maybe I'll do <laughs> it ahead it. of time. We'll do it live. I just never got around to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> just do it live. <laughs> You know, it's another good internet clip and that lady stomps the grapes and then she falls off and she goes, I feel so bad for that person. I just like the uh, the noise she makes. So we already know on Bended Knee, Mike gave it a five. He loved it. Of course, our ranking system, five is love, one is no love. <laughs> no love. So let's move ahead to TLC with the track Creep.
what the fuck did I say about creep? What did I give it? I don't fucking know. I give- <laughs> <laughs> this song is I'm indifferent to. I think it's it's fine. Like I would never choose to listen to it, but there's nothing offensive about it to me. I think there's other TLC tracks that I like more, but uh, whatever, it's fine. Florence? Literally the same answer. I also gave it a two. The chorus is kind of eh. I don't really love the verses. Um, there is this part where, I forget who it was, but one of, uh, somebody goes, woof. <laughs> it's in the second <laughs> verse. It's amazing. How about you, Marco? I really don't like this one, Andy. I gave it a one. I don't like. I remember this song being better than it is. Like, I don't know if it hasn't aged that well or I just just don't like it at all anymore. I mean, um, the verses are terrible. I mean, she's like literally just whining through it. That's what it sounds like. I'm sorry. Her voice is really whiny. I agree. I agree. The chorus is okay, I guess. But like what you said, Andy, they definitely have a lot better songs. Um, so that's yeah, dislike for me. What's the song that I like the best? Because it's not Waterfalls chasing either. Waterfalls, Andy. No, it's not that one. It's um, uh, Andy. Is it? Is it? Uh, Don't go chasing waterfalls. No. Nope. <laughs> 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 What's the? No. What is it? Fucking uh, Scrubs. No Scrubs. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, Scrubs is decent. Okay, fair. Yeah, it fair. is. Yeah, no Scrubs one. is a fun song, but I don't think it what makes the that? number one. Yeah, how did that not make number one? It's their best song. Is that ninety eight? Wait, it says 1999. Ooh, 99. Is no scrubs. Oh, you're right. Yeah, no scrubs. Yeah, no scrubs is is the one I like the best of their number one. I remember that being a big like uh, MTV Total Request Live. Why did I say the whole thing? I could have just said TRL. Well, for our, uh, our foreign listeners, just taking up more time, Mike. Oh yeah, sorry, uh, uh, Mike. <laughs> I like it. I'm a five. I love it. TLC's dope. They're big. They were big. They're big on the radio. I know the song. I like going. <laughs> That's fun oh, to do. I did all the time. I did it last week. We were hiking. I'm I'm so tired from hiking. <laughs> I loved it. We were hiking. <laughs> Sorry, he's a little bit off track, but The Other Guys is one of my favorite comedy movies, and Michael Keaton always makes references to the TLC songs, and they're always like, are you quoting TLC? Anyway, it's really funny, so every yeah, time... that movie's fucking hilarious. It's so funny. A- anyway, that always cracks me up. Every time I think of TLC now, I think of that fucking movie, so... Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you want to hear a song? Yes, yes, please. All right, I got a song for you. <laughs> I think everybody knows that Carpenter Brute has a new album out uh, called Leather Terror, the follow-up to... Leather Teeth has been much anticipated. It's really good. I mean, it, there's no real certainties in life, but one of them is that Carpenter Brute is going to bring the goods, and he always does. I mean, this is really good. Every song. I had so much trouble just picking one song. It's like you can pick any random song off there and play it. They're all good. It's available on his Bandcamp, carpenterbrute.bandcamp.com. I love the artwork and everything, so I'm just going to play the song, Andy. I picked Paradisi Gloria. All right, man, and this is brought to you... By my awesome Patreon supporters, we got a new patron this week, Jacob Hafstrom, who's, uh, I think I read his letter last week. Isn't that exciting? So thank you, Jacob, for joining the, the Patreon club. You're a cool guy, and you got two dots over the O, and that's the way I like it. <laughs> I also uh, like to say that Run the Skyway has upgraded his support. <laughs> That's right, Run the Skyway is now in the $10 club because he's a cool guy. He doesn't have two dots over the O because there is no O, but I'll tell you what, he is... What's he got, Andy? Fuck! God damn it, I was hoping like my I would come up with something like, he's old. He's fuck great. Yeah, there you go, okay. <laughs> Anyways, the point is this, it's time for some Carpenter Brute. This is Paradisi Gloria. Paradisi Gloria. 
And that was Carpenter Brute with the track Paradisi Gloria, Marco's second pick this week, because of course Marco is spinning all the tracks this week for our 90s review show, and I am back here with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence. And we are reviewing tracks from 1995. And the two songs that we've done so far uh, have brought us seven weeks into the year. Boys to Men, first three weeks of the year, TLC, the next four weeks of the year. And I just want to point out that House Guest was released in January of 1995. Sinbad's the man. <laughs> Fucking, I don't think I've watched a single Sinbad anything. I don't think so either, Andy. I honestly don't think so. He's funny, man. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way is the only one I've seen him in, yeah. That's true, Jingle All the Way. I have yeah. seen that. Also, the Tales from the Crypt movie, Demon Knight, was released in January, which stars Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh, has she been in the news? Oh, God. Now, the <laughs> where are we going? We're going with the next track. It's time to take a bow with Madonna's track take I a like bow. I like that, Andy. You're getting better at that. She sounds <laughs> like a sports announcer. That <laughs> <laughs> only took 10 years. I've always been Um, this song, I gave this song a one. I don't like, so I think this song, <laughs> this is this is Madonna in like peak lame mode for me. Oh man, the song intro is corny. Some of the vocal melody is like fine, but ultimately this song is so boring to me that it's just I don't like it. Uh, Florence, this song starts with like the uh, DX7 sound. You, hate. I know, I hate mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Um, yeah, my favorite. I gave the song a two because there's nothing offensive about it, but I would absolutely never listen to the song. The chorus is really cheesy, and the video is really weird. It's like some like matador fantasy weird flex thing going on. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird to me. Not into matadors, Florence? Uh, you know, depends. How about you, Marco? Are you into matadors? Uh, no, that's really, uh, that's really bad, Andy. We really shouldn't be doing that stuff anymore. It's the current year for Christ's sake. Oh, my God. Anyway. Marco's commentary on bullfighting. <laughs> I gave it a two. I'm probably being a little nice. It's really not a great song. She has so many other good ones, obviously. But I feel like this is a, her at that point where she's in a transition. She's in between doing something different, which comes later, you know, and sort of change, reinventing herself and changing the music. And this is like the boring part in the middle where she's just not really sure what she's doing because she did bring out a lot of good music later on after this and a lot of stuff, really good stuff earlier as well. So ah, I just gave it a two. It's pretty uh, uninspiring stuff. I think it's because just this period of time, the music is bad, right? And Madonna <laughs> is one of those artists who does reinvent herself and sort of see what the current trends are and sort of, you know, incorporate some of those into her sound and stuff like that. And so I just think right now, if you're going to listen to the music that's going on this year and be like, I guess I'll take some elements of that shitty DX7 and this and that and like, <laughs> you know, and put it in yeah. and it's just not whatever. But I tell you who probably loved it. Mike. Hard disagree with all of you fucks. <laughs> I love this song. This was a wonderful time in Madonna's career, uh, the slow DX70 time. He, she also had that song in A League of Their Own, which is sappy and you guys didn't like either. <laughs> you mean the movie or the song? Both, I think. 
To be fair, I've Did only seen the movie once. Did you say that you didn't like either of them? <laughs> John Lovitz, he kills it in that movie. I mean, I'd need to see the movie again. Like, I don't care about that movie, but, like, I don't recall it being bad. It's just like a... You know, I like robots and lasers and things. I have a special love for it, too, because I'm a big baseball history fan. Anyway, so this song's great. Listen to it when I stole my mom's Walkman and listen to it on the school bus on the way to school, 93.1 Light FM. What kind of batteries did that thing take? Two double A's. How long do they last? 30 minutes? Pretty long, because I usually just listen to the uh, radio. Ah, yeah. But then if I was listening to the tape part of it, Mm. then the batteries would go... And then you'd hear... Oh, so did yours do that? Wow. Yeah, like when it slowed down, it would <laughs> do that, yeah. When I was traveling in uh, Southeast Asia, my dad bought me like this knockoff like Walkman we found. Because <laughs> I found if you have a high-budget Walkman, they didn't usually do that pitch-down thing. It's like when it ran out of batteries, they died. Yeah, they just they just stopped. But if you got a cheap Walkman, then it would do the thing where it starts to... It's like you just put an LP into like extended mode or whatever and everything goes to slow motion. Yeah, the one I'm talking about was one of like cheap ones that's so much more fun it is it's awesome anyway so you liked it so let's move on to the next track (laughs) we (laughs) Uh, i love being here to just take these hits andy no it's fine well that's i like your look marco talked earlier today about how he was enjoying life so i like that positivity coming in and i like that you're bringing it from the other angle because you like this gibberish like (laughs) this is how we do it by montel jordan Oh, I gave the song a two. I guess I'm I'm indifferent to this song. I think um, I like that he's singing about designated drivers. It seems like ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, Andy, that was the point of this yeah. is how we do it. And uh, that's well, what that's, he's singing about, all right? <laughs> but he is. And uh, I say at least this song has some energy. You know, my complaints from the previous years it's just been a lot of this kind of sappy makeout music and stuff. So anytime there's a track that has a bit of energy to it, I'm like, all right, at least this song's like doing something. And a bit of energy. Yes. This is like the party song of the 90s. And I do like the, the this is how we do it is catchy. And so that's you know why I give it what I give it. But I don't really like the rest of the song. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that the this is how we do it moment is a catchy thing. And it's in all our heads. And if you grew up at this time, it's a thing you know. But ultimately, I just I don't really like the rest of the song. So it's a, it's a two for me. Florence. Yeah, kind of same. I feel like the song is what you hear at sporting events and whatever. And it's like... I can't really take it seriously. So, I don't know. It's fine. I would never put this on purposely. It's just, <laughs> it's like, if I hear it in the background, I'm like, oh, okay, it's that song, cool, whatever. And yeah, it has energy. It's fine. But, um, eh, whatever. Also, does he have like a weird accent? Because I don't think I've ever like listened to the song until just now. He legitimately thinks of himself as the next Aaron Neville. Okay. So that's why he's always talking and singing like this. <laughs> because it's kind of it's strange. But yeah, no, I don't think I ever listened to the entire song until like yesterday. Because obviously I know the chorus. I never really think about it. Those songs that become stadium anthems. Mm-hmm. And then you just sort of take them for granted. Like fucking Two Unlimited fucking din, 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 and then and then like it's just one of those things that's just like is played everywhere and it almost just becomes yeah. like part of the culture that's just like this it's this thing you accept and you never think about just listening to that piece of music by itself yeah and you only know those like 
five seconds of the song. You don't know the rest of the song. It's yeah. crazy. It's weird. Anyway, so same thing. I gave it a two. Marco. It's such an iconic 90s song, isn't it? It really is. Um, I gave it a three. I think it's okay. I mean, I don't, you know, you hear it so much, like you said, at games and on TV and fucking on a radio. I mean, it's, you know, it's not something I would ever put on, but it's not something I'll turn off either. And that chorus is pretty fucking cool, you know. Like, I know, I remember, like, being at work and, like, I need to come on the radio or whatever and I'd be yelling at everybody, this is how we do it, you know, and everyone's like, oh, that's that crazy fucking Australian again, you know. But um, it's, it's it's really cool. I uh, It's a good song. It is. You wrote number four in there, but then you said I gave it a three. Which one's true? Ooh. Yeah, Marco. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong one. Sorry. All right. I gave it a four. Okay, I do like it. All right. <laughs> Fair enough. You got me there, Andy. You got me. The truth comes out. Yeah, you got me, mate. He called calling me out. All right. Look, you man, I'm just, I'm just not a fan of misinformation. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going around now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mike. Uh, I'm a five. I'm a love. I love Montel Jordan. I've got this CD in the car. I love the ridiculous lyrics. This is like MC Hammer of the 90s because it is a song that no one takes seriously, but it's played at every party. It's played on the radio all the time. The lyrics are ridiculous, but uh, I love the line, sell a million records that will make in a dash. Like, so you just plan to make one album and then retire? Or, like, I don't understand what he's really saying there. And I understand I shouldn't be thinking about this song deeply at all, but that line always makes me think, like, why did he say sell a million records and we're making the dash? Are they going to run away with the money? Like, where are they, are they villains? Are they going to tie up a girl to a railroad track? What are they doing? Like, I, it's it makes me think about it a lot. But I love this song. It's very good. And the rest of the album is top-notch buffoonery and whenever i'm in a bad mood in the car it has to be those two specific circumstances <laughs> i will put on the montel jordan cd because it's fucking great i like whenever people are referred to as villains i don't know why that always makes me smile he's a villain don't trust him frodo he's a villain yeah <laughs> i do like the guy wearing a slinky as a necklace in the video Pretty fashionable. I miss that. I gotta steal that. That's a good idea. (laughs) That's a good idea. (laughs) This is some innovative shit. All right. Uh, Marco, play me a song. Sure, I'll play you something good. How do you pronounce this, Andy? Is it l- it's it's Lavenue. 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 It's a, r- a really good album. This is this is really good stuff. I know I say that a lot, but this is really good stuff. It's a more traditional eighty sound, I guess you could say. I love his artwork, and this is no exception to. He's really got his own thing going on. Uh, he hails from UK, and I don't know a hell of a lot about him, but uh, his new album is called. Electric, it's really good, like I said. The track I decided to play off it was a sultry missing in Santa Carla. Awesome, man. And I would like to say that it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, like the semi my semi my semi-sonic friend. Fuck. Jacob Wick, of course. And uh, for some reason they throw this guy Matthias Johansson up top, even though he's in the Johnny Five Club. I don't know why they do that. Patreon's very strange, but uh, Matthias, you're a cool guy. Thanks for your support. And also with the thirty-three thirty-three retro serenade, and with the thirty-three Mr. Magoo Samurai. And this is Lavenue with Missing in Santa Carla.
All right, and that was Missing in Santa Carla by Lavenue, Marco's third pick this week, spinning hot tunes. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what this That's is. cool, man. Anyway, it's, uh, that, of course, was uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters, Hugh Hefner. You're cool. I hope you're having a lovely day. And in the $25 club, Mr. Clint Dowling, a star apart, Alex Ellickson, Blake Peterson, a cargo cult luau, and Eurobeat intensifies and we are back for 1995 uh, i'm here with the beyonce family mike marco florence let's move now ahead let's move now ahead <laughs> andy the next thing you should try is rhyming no <laughs> like ra- like radio no. rhyming dude i can't even fucking come back with a proper set clock is ticking and we are clicking the show has got to go guys well we're gonna go right now with brian adams have you ever really loved a woman <laughs> No, you really love a woman. You love a woman, you tell her she's really wanted. This is how we do it. Uh, We got uh, Brian Adams singing in a bandit mask, but then like everyone is wearing a bandit mask, Zorro style. I'm talking about the video. There's some Latin flavor, I guess, but this song bores me and I'd be fine if I never heard it again. I give it a one. Florence. I gave it a two because I'm not offended by the song, but like, uh, like it starts off okay in the verses and then I don't like that the chorus goes into a major key. And also like, I do not like Brian Adams voice. Sorry. It's like too fucking scratchy. Yeah, I get that. I can't. I can't. I can't with it. I gave it a two. Did you like the bandit masks in the music video? I did not like them, nor did I (laughs) not like... Learning a lot here about Florence today. She does not care for matadors or Zorro. I'm indifferent about the bandit masks. Interesting. All right, Marco, how do you feel about Zorro? Well, I've already expressed how I feel about matadors and uh, all that stuff, so I gave it a one. (laughs) Uh, It's one of the Brian Adams songs that I like the least, so I I agree with you, Andy. It's boring. It's just so fucking boring, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all I really have to say about it. Sorry, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening, Brian, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sure he's so offended. I apologize, (laughs) Mr. Adams. I apologize. Cut to Brian Adams in his house listening to Beyonce. Motherfucker! Uh, how about you, Mike? Are you going to apologize to Brian or send him your praise? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where I have stopped grading songs, right? So yeah. I'm going to rate this a one. This song fucking sucks. Oh! And you know what it is? Wow. Mike, welcome wow, to the club, brother. Mike! <laughs> yeah! You did it, man. You did it. I take a little detour to visit you fucking misers and negative town. Oh, damn it. I'm the only person who gave this song a two. Uh-oh. Like, should I change it to no, a one? No, 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 no. Like yeah, yeah, like yeah. Change it to a one. one. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Brian Mike. Adams. Now Mike's at a taste of power. He can't go back. Oh, my God. Cut to Brian Adams again, and now he's crying. The dark side. <laughs> this, you know what it is? It's that it's so make-funnable. This was a real misfire. It's, he's, it's too sappy. He took it way too seriously. Video's dumb. Um, his voice is like stupid. Like, you just want to <laughs> sing along, like, and make stupid lyrics, yeah. and like it's it's instantly make funnable, uh, fun, make fun of bubble. Yep, sure. All right, and um, <laughs> it's one of those songs that when the song starts, I instantly want to like get angry and switch the thing or to Montel just, Jordan. <laughs> yeah, I like. I just I hate this song. I think. 
I can feel your hatred. Yeah, let it out, then, Mike. <laughs> let it out. <laughs> All right, so let's move ahead to TLC here with Waterfalls. a one for me when you hear it it's one of those in like 90s songs that we all know the video deals with some pretty serious stuff so it's got you know there's a kid leaving home for like the gang life and then he gets shot and there's some model guy who gets aids and this is one of those songs that i've just heard like a billion times so it's hard to review it rationally but like just actually just listening to it again i just sat there and just thought and i'm like you know what I, d- I don't like it. Like, I just, <laughs> you know, it's the same with that thing we were talking about with Montel Jordan, where you hear it so often that you can't really think about it straight. And I just tried to just think about it. And I'm like, nah, not for me. Uh, Florence. So I gave this a three because I I don't mind it. Um, I think it's okay. And again, the, the video is super dark, but it's also very like 90s iconic. I feel like there is a point where like I heard the song a lot, obviously, but I heard it when I it was like I was very little Mm -hmm. so there's almost a point of pride being like okay well like I'm at the point where like I was actually paying attention to music so it's like more nostalgic than it is annoying to me sure if that makes sense so I said I think it's okay I'll give it a three how about you Marco Uh, I gave it a three also I think it's one of their better songs Mm -hmm. I don't know how you gave Creep a better rating than Waterfalls Andy but that's (laughs) that's your opinion that's okay I don't question it Um, (laughs) so I don't know it is a very iconic 90s song it's one of their better ones it's pretty fucking catchy and uh, that's really all I have to say I gave it a three Mike I love it. It's a number five for me. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm really tired. <laughs> I'm not even thinking about what I'm saying. Oh, wait. I just only just realized you're trying to imitate me with that voice again. <laughs> no, hey, let's do it again here. Right here, right now. I'm rocking the tunes. Carpenter Brunes coming at you live and alive. Carpenter Brunes. Because a radio DJ must rhyme. It's pretty funny. Um, oh I God. love this song. It's a five. I guess I never really thought about the themes which, as I'm looking about it, are about the illegal drug trade, promiscuity, and HIV and AIDS. Yeah, the video is pretty explicit about those two. Yeah. Like, it's really yeah. like just... All I knew is that them chicks on the TV were hot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I wasn't thinking about it. But it ended up being the music video of the year at the MTV VMAs. No shit. It was in the chart for seven weeks, so that's pretty impressive. It lasted for about two months. And that's all I have to say about that. Nice. Why am I doing Forrest Gump lines? I don't know. As a Cockney sweeper. Ice cream, Lieutenant Dan. Ice cream. <laughs> okay. Jesus Let's Christ. move ahead. <laughs> Two. Mike is unhinged. One He's of these. Uh, lets his darkness out. Yeah, this is uh, this is one of those rare occasions in the '90s shows where we are going to talk about a song. That I actually like. It's Seal with Kiss from a Rose.
This song was for a Batman movie. A Batman movie? Yeah. Batman Forever? Yeah, sir? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it has the critical line, Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Yes, Batman. Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Tim Burton stuff, so the second they switched to the nonsense, I was uh, I was not on board. But what did you think of uh, Drew Barrymore in that? Right, That's pretty. Uh, but the uh, anyway, <laughs> this is just a weird song. I just it, it was one of those things where the fact that it's a Batman tie-in is the weird part because it just is so tonally has like nothing to do with Batman. <laughs> but look, the bottom line is it's a great chorus. It's just solid. Great vocals and awesome melody, man. So I gave it a four, I, but it is a good song. I like it. Uh, Florence. I gave this song a five Ooh. because it is the fucking best song ever. Ooh. I always, I just, I find it so weird that it's from a Batman movie. And like, mm. I don't even know like when I first heard this song because it definitely wasn't from seeing Batman because I saw that Batman movie like a year ago. For the first time. What do you think of Batman Forever? <laughs> um, it was fine. Uh, but this song is so good. Everything about it is amazing. Orchestration is amazing. Like vocals are amazing. Everything is great. I gave it a five. I love it. It's amazing. That's my, my commentary. Did you like the part in Batman Forever when he's got to rescue that guy at the start of the film? And he's like, it's boiling acid. And then he's like, my shoes are melting. The movie sucks. <laughs> oh, no. It's boiling acid. Oh, wow. My shoes are melting. It's a stupid movie. <laughs> You're going to offend Mike. Take it easy. And Val Kilmer looks cross-eyed in the costume. Val Kilmer is amazing. He does kind of look cross-eyed, but I do like Val Kilmer. Oh, no, I like Val Kilmer. I don't like him as Batman. Like he, I, I do kind of like him as Batman. He was I much mean, better in Heat. <laughs> <laughs> he was a better Batman in Heat, I'll tell you that. Fair. Fair. But Heat is amazing. Like that's we, we won't talk about that. But it's. A, I mean, you know how much I love that movie, Andy. Yes, I do. A Batman Forever is the movie where Robin comes into Batman's life, right? Yes. So this is the one that sucks. Where he is <laughs> like washing his clothes in the bathroom, and he's got like a wet T-shirt, and he's like he whips it on a broomstick or something, yes, and then yeah, he does a yes. karate kick and he stretches mm-hmm. the twisted shirt to, like, squish so out the water and yes. he's so fucking cool. Oh, <laughs> man. Robin. Wow. Chris O'Donnell. Oh, that's yeah, what happened to Chris O'Donnell? He was Robin and then that was it. Yeah. He made one career move and it was the wrong one. Hey, Marco, how do you feel about <laughs> the seal kiss from a rose? <laughs> I think it's a pretty bloody good song. He he had a lot of good songs, didn't he, Seal? Um, this is the best one. No, this is really good. There's nothing bad I could say about it. Uh, I think I gave it a four, I believe. I didn't realize it was from the movie, but uh, that's cool that it is. That's, that's, all, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> I love Batman Forever. It's one of my top uh, Batmans. Mm. I got the hat. I found a hat that was used in the promotional campaign in 1994 at a vintage 90s fashion like round rob what do you call it like a flea market sure what do you call it when like vendors it's not a flea market but when vendors are, anyway I got it it's cool and uh, I'm really into it flea market <laughs> I think you're thinking of a flea market I love the <laughs> <laughs> market 
I mean, yeah, it's people selling their old shitty NASCAR 1996 t-shirts. It, Under a banner that says, welcome to the flea market. <laughs> yeah, but there's like a hip-hop DJ and everyone's got like drinks in their hands, so it's cool. Oh, um, that sounds like a pretty cool flea market. <laughs> it's a cool place to be, dude. A thrift store? Thrift, like thrifting, thrift yeah. meetup. A, a thrift meetup. Oh, a swap meet? A swap meet? My wife was looking at me like I'm a fucking clown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one time I was taking an elevator at Barnes and Noble with my mom, and I was trying to come up with a word. I was like, "It's like a, uh, it's like you put sand in it, and then you turn it over, and then like it tells time." Uh, and I was like, "A sand clock." <laughs> then the lady in front of me on the escalator, she was like, "Honey, it's called an hourglass." Like I sounded so stupid that some lady had to publicly correct me because I was just there, but I wasn't there at all. Uh, that almost happened to me today, except I didn't know the answer. Like there was two kids talking to their dad, and they're like, "What's the transformer who turns into a tank?" And the dad couldn't really answer, but then I started thinking, I'm like, turns into a tank. I mean, even I don't know. Who the, what, what's his name? So I didn't have the answer. So I just kicked the kid and said, it's an hourglass, honey. Do you like seal or what? <laughs> I'm going to link us to the music video. And I want us to look at the moment where 252. 252. The power, my pleasure, my pain. And then it cuts to nothing and then Batman Val Kilmer looks like he's confused or so he's pained it's just the weirdest shot in this music video it's the weird music video choice to begin with that they're doing <laughs> you saw it oh yes I saw and it and they pause it they pause it on Val Kilmer's face yeah and then it's like it's like a freeze frame <laughs> the fucking freeze frame <laughs> oh my god it's so stupid oh yeah, why he, I'm, I agree why this song for this movie and when you know how 90s movies they do the uh, interspersed movie footage yes. to the thing but it's usually related to the movie thematically like there's they're just showing clips of Two-Face celebrating and going <laughs> I just saw the a helicopter explode what does that have to do with this song like <laughs> just from a rose I get it it's a metaphor it's just a very oh look there's the bat boat and the bat wing super romantic <laughs> uh, yeah I'm a five on this song <laughs> Thank all right, God. thank you. All right, Marco. So we all we all like Seal. That's the bottom line. Now, Marco, you play me something cool. Damn it! All right. Well, uh, Tommy eighty six, one of the uh, synth maestros in the scene over the years. He's brought out a tenth anniversary mix of his classic Outrun. Uh, it's one of my favorite synthwave songs of all time. It's just I always it's one of you know those songs that you just come back to. Like it, you know you won't listen to it for six months. You go, oh man, what's some of that old shit? And it always come back to this one. It's it's just got such good energy to it. Love the tempo, the drums and everything. I, I have to admit, when I first heard this 10th anniversary mix, because I love the original so much, I'm going to be, you know, a little wary of the new version. And the first time I heard it, I was like, eh, yeah, I don't know, you know. And then it was like the second or third time I was listening in the car and I was like, fuck, this is good. You know, the bass line, the drums are so clean and crisp. The melodies, I mean, it's really good. I gotta warn you, don't listen to this when you're driving. I did the other day. I hope my wife's not listening. I must. I looked down. I was doing like 90 miles an hour. And so anyway, just take it easy because it's really fucking good and really fast. So yeah. Anyway, this is uh, Tommy 86 with uh, the 10th anniversary mix of Outrun. And it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club like Honeybeard, Joey Richards, Johnny Five, Kempson, Ken Giroux, and Neverman. Now it's time for Tommy86 with Outrun, the 10th anniversary mix. 
And that was the 10th anniversary mix of Outrun by Tommy86. I bet when he wrote that song, he was just called Tommy because he added the 86 afterwards. That was Marco's fourth pick this week because he's playing all the awesome songs for you people while we recount the, the 90s. We're in the year 1995. We actually all liked something, which was Seal Kiss from a Rose. So that's pretty exciting. Ooh. And we moved significantly forward in the year. I do want to mention that movies that came out in February... We got Billy Madison, Jerky Boys the movie, which I think is amazing. Um, heavyweights, Just Cause, the crime thriller with uh, Sean Connery. They need to do more good crime thrillers, you know what I mean? And uh, the Brady Bunch movie, which I should mention because we're like the Brady Bunch of Synthwave, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, look, it's time for Michael Jackson with You Are Not Alone. Another day is gone, I'm still alone. And uh, I give this a one. This song is corny garbage. I got nothing good to say about it. It sucks. Uh, corny, 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 corny. Uh, Florence. Um, I gave it a two because it's not offensive, but it's super cheesy, and I would probably turn it off if I heard it. I mean, I love a good power ballad, but this is not the one that I would choose. I don't like that they use claps instead of snares. <laughs> it's just kind of annoying. I always love your your the, the things that bug you, or they always make me laugh. <laughs> And I feel like this is like a new era for Michael Jackson, which... I think the same thing. Yeah, this was like the crossover into the, like, I don't know. I don't know what you want to call it. Into the crap. <laughs> <laughs> call it for what it is. Come on. Yeah, I, I think before this, he was doing okay. And then, eh, I don't know if he ever recovered from this era. Nope, I agree with that. His haircut does not cut it in this. And his weird face. Oh, that's right. He does have a funny haircut. Eh? Like when he was in the transition to growing long hair, there's this yeah. point where he has got like this weird like. It's super Karen-y. I love a good like feminine looking dude, but like this just doesn't. He doesn't cut it for me here. Like who? Who's a feminine looking dude? I don't know. Legolas? All the emo bands I used to listen to in the early 2000s. All right. How about you, Marco? <laughs> You like feminine dudes or what? You like Legolas? Yeah, some sometimes. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Um, Le- okay, yes. I just I do want to say Legolas for sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was probably the one that started it all for me. <laughs> I think I gave it a one, Andy. It's pretty bad. It's I agree with what you both said. It's it's pretty uh, soppy. I mean, it's just not even catchy. It's it's terrible. I mean, for him, it's not even sappy. It's soppy. I don't know what the fuck it is. It's just shit. But um, <laughs> even the video is disappointing. I remember when it came out. I was like, oh, Michael Jackson. At least you know the video is going to be good. No, even that's terrible. It's got like weird fucking photoshopping shit in there, where he's like, I don't know, the like Greek temple, like naked. Yeah. In the Greek temple. And that thing. waterfall, what is that? It, look, it looks so artificial. It's like, what the yeah. fuck? That's the best you could come up with. It must have been running Again, out of money very or something, 90s. you know? And very the one nice. with, <laughs> with uh, his, his wife at the time. What, what's her name again? Fucking Lisa, Lisa Marie. Marie. Yeah. Lisa Marie, thank mm. you. And it just looks fake and it's just weird. Okay, I'm sorry. I really don't like this. And I like a lot of Michael Jackson's music, but this is some of his worst stuff. That's the thing, man. It's just his 80s stuff was amazing. Even in the 90s, in yeah. the early 90s, there were some Michael Jackson I like, which turned out were still just singles from the 80s because oh, yeah. I never really did the research <laughs> properly, right? So anyway, uh, Mike. Yeah, this music, 
is uh, it's too sappy. He's doing too much. He's doing way too much. He's got too much makeup on. This was like his getting into the crazy makeup phase, right? <laughs> like, look at him. He looks like a crazy fucking mannequin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does look like a mannequin. That, yeah, he's like, sure. His face is like too perfect. I'm getting like uncanny valley vibes. I like I like the idea of a crazy mannequin. So towards like four, like 20 around. <laughs> He's got his shirt open and he's spinning around. He's like real skinny and pale. He looks like E.T. when he's sick. <laughs> um, and, and Elliot's like tending to him in the bathroom and mom mm. comes in. She's like, hey, what's going on? I'm a one. Continuing on this metaphor, I think in real life, Michael was also being tended to by young boys. Uh, let's move ahead to Coolio, allegedly. Uh, I mean, we're not allegedly moving to Coolio. Uh, we're, we are moving to Coolio. <laughs> With the track oh Gangsters God. Paradise or Gangsters Paradise, I actually said gangster there, but it is officially Gangsters Paradise. Yeah, and you're not supposed to say the hard R. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to cut that joke? That's a good joke. That's a, that's a good joke. <laughs> Shocking surprise. Everyone... Brace yourself. Brace yourselves. Andy gives this song a five. (laughs) I love this song. I think this is a this is a classic. It's got a great chorus. I've always loved the choir Oz in the background. I love the silly rhymes. I like the when he just says fool. (laughs) I really hate the trip, but I gotta know. I just like the pause to fool. I don't know why I've always loved that. And uh, I just think it's great. I purposely will choose to listen to this song. And uh, I enjoy uh, Coolio Gangsta's Paradise. How about you, Florence? Um, I gave this song a three. I got nothing against the song. I like, I will sing along to the song if it comes on. I have no like nostalgic thing with the song at all, but it's fine. You know, I, I do agree the the chorus is super epic with the choir in the background. And yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Give it a three. <laughs> Give it a three. Uh, how about you, Marco? I gave it a four. It's a very good song. I think it's aged pretty good, too. It's such a unique song. I don't know. There's nothing else really like it, I think. It's, it's very unique. Yeah, really good stuff, and it's a very iconic 90s song. That's true. I don't really think about that, but it was kind of a unique thing where they put hip-hop and orchestral stuff together and marketed it like uh, you know a big pop thing. I think it's very interesting. Maybe that's part of the secret to its success. A huge hip-hop cross over here and i mean that movie was amazing right everyone loved what is it <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> they sure did you can't even remember <laughs> amazing Catwoman was also in the Gangsta's Paradise music video, which I think is a cool thing. Not many stars from the movies were in the music videos for the songs for the movies. That's the one where she puts she she sits on the she puts the chair so she sits on it backwards and she's like sort of yeah. yeah. She's like now we're gonna <laughs> learn about Coolio. <laughs> yeah, she's like teaching Coolio, Coolio stuff. <laughs> Uh, I'm a five. I love this song, and uh, I think it's fantastic. I also love the Weird Al version. Obvious. Yes, it is also good. Fool. Fool. (laughs) (laughs) Don't arouse my anger. Fool. (laughs) All right. 
Uh, how about this, Marco? I want you to play me music, and I want you to do it now. Oh, uh, you want me to do it now? Yeah. You man. want me to do it live? All right, yeah, I'll do yeah. it live. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an artist here that I've uh, really been enjoying the last couple of years. It's actually uh, a big shout out to Dallas who put me onto him. Um, but he's called Carl Casey. He's a very prolific producer. He makes a lot of different sort of styles. You know, he doesn't pigeonhole himself into like the same uh, genre of music. He's like a lot of dark, light, fucking ambient, all sorts of shit. But he has got a new album out called uh, White Bat 10. It's his 10th White Bat album. And uh, it's really good. Uh, all his stuff is free. I'll name your price, which seems crazy to me, you know. But it's if you haven't heard his stuff, go check him out. He's really good. And the track I want to play off the album is called Acid Tongue. All right, man. And it is uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $25 club, like Restless Nights, Robot Conglomerate, Sir Micathy, Techno Ben, your imaginary friend Petey, and Slade. And this is Carl Casey with Acid Tongue.
And that was Acid Tongue by Carl Casey, Marco's fifth pick of the week on this awesome 90s show where we're listening back to the the Billboard number one hits of 1995. And I was going to say, I'm, I'm talking about how I don't like him, but this year I actually liked a few songs. So that's exciting. I'm here with Mike, Marco, and Florence as they join me on this wonderful adventure. And we are moving ahead to uh, what's next? Oh, fuck me. <laughs> Outbreak. Outbreak came out March 1995. Did you like that one, Andy? You know what? I only saw Outbreak once, and it still sticks with me. The guy who has, like, the bloody lips. Yeah. Patient Zero, who first comes in contact with the little monkey. I've been watching some fun little monkey videos on Instagram. It's your favorite. They have little diapers on, and, like, anyway. Tommy Boy also came out March... Uh, which is a big movie. I think everyone loves it. I uh, just want to mention April, we had Bad Boys, which also stars brrr, Joe Pantoliano. It's a good movie. Nice. I like that movie. Was yeah. he in the news recently? Yep. We got uh, Mariah Carey, of course. Every year we got to have a Mariah Carey song. This year it's Fantasy. <laughs> I'll say at least this one has a little bit of energy, so I give this one a two. I think it's... I don't hate it like her other ones. I still don't love it, but I think it's like... Eh, it's whatever. It's there. I don't... Uh, whatever. It's there. Do you think about the Rush Hour scene of the little girl who's singing along to this song in the car? I don't remember watching Rush Hour movies. Oh, man. We got to catch you up on some good... Cinema. Oh, the first one was great. <laughs> the first one was fucking awesome. Man. Yeah, those guys so like good. reinvented Buddy Cop. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> I do like Jackie Chan. I, I, I might have seen Rush Hour, but I completely forget. Hey, whatever. Uh, Florence, how do you feel about <laughs> Mariah Carey fantasy? <laughs> um, I gave this song a three. I think it's okay. Like you said, it's a little bit upbeat. I'm also very excited that it was filmed at Rye Playland, which is my my hometown. I grew up there, and I grew up going to... You're from Rye? I lived in Rye for like a few years when I was very little, and I went to school in Rye until I was 18 years old. So... Rye is, it's one of my hometowns, if uh, mm. if not my actual hometown. But uh, but they filmed it at Rye Playland, which is uh, a local amusement park known for the Dragon Coaster, which is where you, uh, where Mariah Carey is, or what Mariah Carey is riding in the video. They also filmed Big, starring Tom Hanks there on that same boardwalk. Oh, cool. I didn't know they did that there. That's cool. Yeah, that's also from there. Um, anyway, so I was very excited to see my hometown amusement park in the video. Now, did you know this stuff when you were a kid, or is this just what you found out no, like last week? This is the- what I found out last week. Okay, <laughs> I was like, oh hey, and but I was probably a child going like I was frequenting the amusement park at this time. So little did I know that I might have crossed paths with Mariah Carey in the parking yeah. lot. They were there the exact same I'm, day. I wish I had a cross sure. path with her. I mean, uh, sure. yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's a pretty lady. Oh, yes. uh, Marco, how do you feel about fantasy? I mean, honestly, I could give her a three just because she looks so great. No, um, <laughs> I, it's one of her better songs. It is one of her better songs. It's catchy. It's not too corny. You know, it, it's pretty good. Probably really all I got to say about it. I, I gave it a three. It's it's it's, it's okay. How about you, Mike? I'm um, a five. I, uh, I love it. It's a good song. I like it a lot. You say you lug it? <laughs> I, 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 I lug it a lot. Oh, I, I 
<laughs> I like it a lot. I'm very nostalgic for Ride Playland as well. I guess that's why I'm oh. kind of positive. I'm thinking about Playland and take the bus up there and spend the day, get some sandwiches from the deli in that neighborhood. Because deli sandwiches are the best. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in upstate New York. Totally. We didn't like go there that much, but there was a deli like right across the street from the entrance of Rye Playland. Yeah. That I think everyone went to, except me. Was that the deli? Maybe it was. It was like the most visible deli when you're in that area. So it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's probably the deli. I like this song. I like the reference to the original. Uh, what is it? Genius of Love. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite songs. And uh, also it's it's used in one of my favorite episodes of It's Always Sunny in uh, Philadelphia, the Thanksgiving episode. They basically play that song the entire episode and it's just, it's fucking hilarious. You had to be there, but I'm a five on this song. Well then, let's move ahead to Whitney Houston with Exhale. Sometimes you'll laugh Sometimes you'll cry Life never this song just bores me, so this is a one. That's <laughs> just boring, boring music. Uh, Florence. This is also kind of boring, but I gave it a two because I'm not offended by it. The like her vocals are obviously great because she's a good singer, but like I would never listen to this song. The end. The end. Marco. I really don't have much to say about this either. It's pretty boring. It's definitely not one of her good songs. So that's all I got to say. I can't believe this made to number one, actually, to be honest. <laughs> That's the way I feel about, like, all of these. <laughs> like, we've literally done, like, five weeks of shows life, where yeah. I'm just sitting there the whole time, like, why is this number one? Like, it just makes no sense. Like, Anyway, Mike. I give it a three. I just did that right now. Hmm. It's all right. I liked the movie. My mom loved it. I think that was part of it. The movie was fucking huge amongst moms <laughs> like my mom my cousin's mom everyone's moms were into this movie and i think there was a book attached. wait what movie waiting to exhale with angela bassett i think i never even heard of it i never watched it it's one of those titles that i know the title of just like terms of endearment but i've never actually seen the film but like you know when you yeah. just have like movie titles in your head speaking of movie titles die hard with a vengeance came out may 95 and we all know that's uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Die Hard is awesome. And Part what 3 is also fuck? awesome. What the fuck? Yes. That's, my fav- that's one of my favorite what the fucks in cinema is that kid with the basketball in the background. <laughs> what the fuck? Sir, this is a police matter for your own safety. I'm gonna you damn you right it's a police matter for your own safety. I suggest you hide your butt in my shop till the police get here. What the fuck? So I was recently watching it on uh, regular TV and it, they were like covering up all the curses and stuff. I, I have to tell you this because I wanted to tell you I forgot but you know the sign he's wearing at the beginning of the movie in the hood yes he turns to the camera and it says I hate everyone <laughs> <laughs> you mean they digitally changed it yeah. I hate everyone <laughs> and then so uh, Sam Jackson goes to walk over he's like hey they're gonna 10 seconds they're gonna come over here and kill you and something and the basketball goes to the street he's like I crazy I crazy you know Bellevue and instead of like turning it into like something else um, like what the fudge or something like that. They completely just he was like, what the hell? Nice. I love. <laughs> lost, I love censored it, it movies. Lost all the fucking like, what the fuck? Like it lost every sort of uh, all the cool emphasis. And he's like, what the hell? Um, and my wife pointed out, it's so funny that these gang of toughs would be so upset by. <laughs> they're so angry because he's wearing a sign that says, "I hate everyone." <laughs> 
<laughs> that is amazing. Well, look, let's move ahead. Let's finish this year off. Let's finish 1995 off with what might be the 90s Billboard number one hits biggest wet dream of all time. Mariah Carey and Boys to Men. They joined forces with a song called One Sweet Day. You know what this reminded me of, actually, when I watched the music video? It's a one. I hate it. It's cheesy garbage. But, like, <laughs> the music video is, it almost seems like real documentary footage of Mariah Carey showing up to record her part. And it reminds me of Krusty the Clown. You know when Krusty the Clown comes in to record audio and there's this one episode where he walks in, says all his lines with his cue cards and leaves before the people even, like, hit record? <laughs> And, like, that's what this is. It's sort of like, boys to men are there all excited, and they had Mariah Carey for, like, 45 minutes to shoot this music video, and she just sort of showed up and literally, like, sang it and filmed it at the same time and then, like, walked out. Anyway, whatever. I, I Obviously, I don't like it. Uh, this is, like, the fucking team-up of my nightmares, right? So... Oh, you're <laughs> 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 Oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> Florence. Well, I don't hate it as much as you do. Because I gave it a two because, again, there's nothing offensive about this, so I'm indifferent about it. But, uh, but yeah, this song, it just, it has like no substance at all to me. The chorus makes me roll my eyes. I do like the snare in it, though. It's fine. You know, it's another power ballad, and power ballads are fine. We also know from this video that Mariah Carey wears her sunglasses at night. Ooh, that's a better song from the 80s. <laughs> yes. And a better yes, video. Oh, yes. Hey, hey, Marco, how do you feel about Mariah Carey and Boys <laughs> to Men teaming up? I honestly cannot believe that this was at number one. I know it goes into next of year, course. too, but a total of... 17 weeks, is it? Or 16? 16 weeks. The longest ever. That is nuts. Now we're at the height of, like, total calculation. We're just like, well, when these people go, like, they have hits for fucking 40 weeks. And when she does, he has hits for 40 weeks. So let's put them together. And, like... Yeah, I was going to say, this literally is, um, on paper, just a good decision. Yes. As we were going through the years and you're like, oh, oh boys to men are really hot. Oh, Mariah Carey is really hot. Let's just put them together and we're going to make a ton of fucking money yeah so yeah it makes complete mm-hmm. sense from like evil businessman like wringing their hands sense and like i get it. it it's just not for me right but hell like i like it when all the spider-mans come together so i understand the why someone would do such a thing spider-man mike yeah i gave i gave it a one why you didn't even let me say i gave it a one it's 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 really bad i gave it a three um i'm okay <laughs> it's uh it's jesus fucking christ i guess it, i would listen you know if it came on the radio i don't know if uh, i don't know it's whatever. Oh, three. All right. Well, that was uh, 1995. So how about this? Uh, Marco, play me a song, and then we'll keep going. Well, I know how much you love your wave. Nice and chill, Dandy. Mm. So I got a nice track here for you. Some nice chill wave. This one, uh, I've been listening to this a lot lately. It's, it's something something special about it for sure. It is by Space Sailors. It's called Aperture with Obio. Obio? Obio. I don't know. Obio? It looks like Obio to me. Yeah, right. Okay. It's cool. sort of with instead Obio. of a featuring. Do you say by? Biopic or biopic? I feel like I went off about this a few weeks ago. You did. Did I? It's biopic. I say biopic. It's gotta be biopic. Biopic. I've heard people say biopic and I'm like, "Mm." Yeah, I've heard that too. I don't care for it. Biopic. 
because it's a biography picture. Biopic. Yeah, very good. Anyway, look, the point is this. Jesus. Let's uh, let's listen to the song, and it's uh, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. Of course, we got Forged in Neon. She was just on the show last week. Go check out uh, her stuff, and they, they put out a new video series thing, so you can go check that out, Forged at Neon. Do it. And then in the uh, $20 Club, we got Joshua Winter, and with a 1988, we got Waylon Kasky Geospatial, who actually sent in a letter. We'll read that next. And then Toots with the 1986, and the Buchelman Sisters with the 1985, and I hope you like this this is space sailors with aperture with obio obio (laughs) (laughs) jesus
And that was Space Sailors with the track Aperture with Obio. That was Marco's sixth pick this week on this uh, 90s family show where we listen to the uh, the number one billboard hits of the 90s and talk about them and whatever. And uh, we just finished <laughs> 1995. <laughs> That goes very uh, against the whole written statement that you said at the top of the show about learning and growing. And yeah, we talked like about whatever. It. <laughs> Look, the point is uh, that that song uh, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. We got Gene Creamer, Private Eye, and Mads Baron Christensen, and we will never forget the immortal Chris Lyalane. And uh, of course, we're back here with Mike, Marco, and Florence. And I have a letter to read. So we got one here from Waylon Kasky Geospatial. So I just mentioned him. And uh, he says, uh, hi, Andy. So we mentioned last time because he said he wanted to take Marco and I out shooting. And then, uh, Mike, you were like, I want to go shooting. I almost just said that right now. (laughs) I I was thinking, did I say that before? So anyway, he says, uh, appreciate the wonderful birthday shout out. Had a great birthday this year. To answer one of your questions, a U.S. Army warrant officer is typically a subject matter expert and technical advisor because I was wondering what the hell he does. We're in between enlisted soldiers and officers. My specialty is engineering with a focus on mapping and terrain analysis. Warrant officers tend to be like unicorns and hard to find unless they're the helicopter pilots. Maybe the next time you're doing a listener call-in show, we can chat about it in more detail. Let Mike know that I'd enjoy taking him to the range. Since I'm in Austin now, shouldn't be too hard. Until next time, Take care up there in the great white north, Kyle. So uh, thanks, Kyle. That, of course, is Whale and Caskey Geospatial, an awesome patron supporter who has now invited Mike in the Austin area to go shoot guns. Well, you know what I say to that? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. I'll dub in a gun sound effect. Oh, so while, while we're doing this, why don't we just do, I got one birthday. Let's roll that jingle. We got a birthday uh, it's here. Your birthday. Today's your birthday. You gonna play this song though? Yeah, they're listening to it. Uh, listen, Do I want to perform wish... it on this episode. No, I want to wish a very. <laughs> I want to wish a very happy birthday to Mister Magoo Samurai, who is uh, an awesome Patreon supporter. For some reason, I always say your name that way. That's just the way it comes out. Uh, it makes me happy. You're a cool guy. His birthday is April the eleventh. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, Magoo. Yeah, man. You got a rhyme, dude. Marco, say something nice about Mr. Magoo Samurai. Uh, happy birthday, mate. Thank you for all the support, and I hope you have a bloody awesome day. And, uh, yeah. Florence, so, you're, now you do it. Yeah. We're forcing everyone to do this. No. <laughs> Florence is cool. She doesn't wish no happy birthday to nobody. Is that correct? So you don't like birthdays, matadors, or Zorro? <laughs> That's exactly What do you exactly think of the 1998 it? film with Antonio Banderas and what's her name? Catherine Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones is hot as hell, but like I have no interest in <laughs> Zorro as a thing. Like, you know when yeah. they, sometimes they bring things back? From yeah, the, I think that was also like a unnecessary bring back. Yeah, it's just, it's some things are just like, 
this is just a product of 1930 and it doesn't need to go any further than that and like no one gives a fuck about <laughs> Zorro and that's all I have to say about Zorro I'm not trying to be a dick here happy birthday Mr. Mergu Samurai there you go look at that you get a triple nice. quadruple birthday wish you got the quad yeah alright tell the me quad about factor. movies Mike quad uh, since okay, so we blew through that <laughs> year. Let's just mention quickly. Think June '95, Congo, Batman Forever, Pocahontas. <gasps> Pocahontas. I don't have a Pocahontas toy, so that's just my life. <laughs> Apollo 13, <laughs> Judge Dredd, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. Oh I uh, ordered that movie on pay per view, and I got in a ton of trouble about it. At least it was worth it. July, first night, Species, The Indian in the Cupboard, Nine Months, Under Siege 2, Clueless, Free Willy 2, really big movie, Operation Dumbo Drop, Waterworld, The Net, I love The Net, she's a babe too, Sandy. August 95, Babe, earlier in the year, Gordy came out, that was one of those cases where the two same ideas come out in the same year and they try to compete, Babe was clearly the better one. Virtuosity, early Denzel, early uh, Russell Crowe, it's amazing. Mortal Kombat, Andy, Yep. what do you think of that movie? I actually like <laughs> Mortal Kombat movie a lot. It is cheesy, but it's the kind of cheesy I like. Speaking of uh, Antonio's, Antonio's, mm. Desperado. Okay, uh, September. What do you think of Tu Wong Fu? Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. <laughs> I, I, I have, I've always resented long movie titles, and whenever whenever they come out, I'm always like, "Fuck you!" Like, or how I learned to stop loving the bomb. Yeah, like just fuck off. Like, whenever people do that, it just it was always pretentious to me, and it's like no one's gonna go to the fucking ticket booth and say this shit. So just call the movie what people are gonna say. I know it's like they think they're being funny by having that title. Like there was that other one as well, though they did the same thing, and it's not funny at all. It's just dumb. <laughs> yeah, like and at the end of the day, it's like, did anyone see that movie anyways? I feel like it was a big deal at the time, but did anyone watch it? Tu Wong Fu? Yeah, that was one of those where it's like it's crazy novelty, like men dressed as women, like, whoa! I think it yeah. was like an office bomb, like a box office bomb. I don't think it did well. I thought it was a good movie, but I saw it recently. Okay. Like, is it actually it a good movie? I liked it. Alright. It's funny. Fair enough. September 97, also, The Usual Suspects. Cool. Canadian Bacon? Awesome. Empire Records? Yeah. Showgirls? Seven? Ugh. Because, like, like <laughs> dead people and stuff? Mm-hmm. Seven was great. Did you love Get Shorty with John Travolta? No. I actually didn't. No, I what really about, didn't. Have you ever seen Powder? <laughs> it, like, gets struck by lightning and it becomes uh, magnetic. Wasn't the director of that a ped? <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> okay. Vampire in Brooklyn. That was a movie where Eddie Murphy is a vampire who moves to Brooklyn. Um, I saw that in theaters. I was way too young to have seen that in theaters. It's not a movie for kids. Um, shame on you, mom and aunt. November, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls. Did you like the sequel? Um, it was pretty funny, if you're asking me. I know, when I saw the first one, how old would I have been then? Because like the first one we saw, I saw in the theater, and we laughed our heads off at it. I don't even know if it's aged well enough, if I would find it funny at all now. But I know as a kid, I thought that movie was really funny. The first one. The second one, I don't think I found as funny, but I did like the cliffhanger parody, where he like drops the raccoon or whatever. Isn't the second one where he climbs out the hippos, the rhinoceros' ass? That is so funny still. That scene (laughs) is one of the... Oh, my God. It's so absurd. It's just whatever. I know. It's you can't can you not laugh. It's just so ridiculous. Also, November, Goldeneye. Yep, that's one of my favorites. I love Goldeneye. And Casino, and also Money Train. I love the Money Train. That movie's hilarious. Oh, Casino. Fucking Casino's awesome. Yeah, Casino's amazing. Christmas. Oh, and also Toy Story, November. Yep. And then Christmas time, we got uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead. You like that long title? <laughs> no. Uh, heat. I don't like long title. <laughs> you ever seen Heat? 
See, this is what you I'm know talking what about. Is? You look at the stupid songs we're reviewing, and then you're naming <laughs> off movies that are like fucking classics, and we're listening to this shitty music like fucking, <laughs> darling, your love is my love. Like, just fucking garbage. And then, like, meanwhile, there's these awesome, like, crime movies. and Yeah, yeah like Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> that came out. <laughs> yeah, Dracula Dead and Loving It is the equivalent of this garbage. Twelve Monkeys. Yeah, Twelve Monkeys is good. What a perfect oh, yeah. Christmas movie. Yeah, Total Monkeys was great. I love that movie. It's um, so and good. also Jumanji. That's where we're at. Grumpier Old Men. Oh, and also Mr. Holland's Opus. I, it would be remiss of me to uh, not mention Mr. Holland's Opus. Holland's Opus? I just want an excuse to do Dreyfus. I, I, I don't, you know what? I've never watched it. That me was another either. one just had a stupid title. Like, I don't care what this movie's about. I'm just like, fuck yeah, And you. he just loves judging a book by its cover, you know? Well, I'm sort of the same as, like, you know, like, when Florence will listen to a song and be like, I hate that they went from, like, a six-note octave to a seventh spread, or I don't know, music terms. <laughs> And so, like, <laughs> I always feel so inferior when she says that because I don't even know what she's talking about. Well, like, yeah. I, I clearly do. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, I'm like that with movies. Like, whenever they have dumb titles, I just picture the boardroom, like where the people are making the decisions and going, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, no one's gonna watch this dumb movie if you give it a stupid fucking title. And that's the thing that always bugged me is that like these suits can like put millions of dollars into a project and then drop the ball at the last second by giving the movie like just a dumb sounding title that no one will want to go see. And with that, we are done with 1995. Well, listen, thank you for the the movie uh, recap. How about this, Marco? Play me a song. Sure, sure. Uh, there's a dark synth producer I've really been enjoying the. Probably the last year or so. I don't think he gets enough attention. I really don't. His music's so good. It's called Vault Mother, and he hails out of Seattle, Washington. He's got a lot of good music out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and all that stuff. Uh, he did have an album that came out a few months ago. It's called Proto Drive. All the songs are good on it. It's re- really good. The one that stands out to me is Data Choke. All right, man. And it is brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. We got Zach, who I guess is the king of the $10 Club, because he's with the 1010. And then we got Fraser Davidson, Albion Algorithm, Andrew Bannon, Barry007, Energon Cubes, and Ivan. And this is Volt Mother with Data Choke.
And that was Volt Mother with Data Choke. That was a cool song. Marco's seventh pick of the week. Of course, we are uh, we are now moving ahead. So we were doing 90s recap of the Billboard number one hits with the Beyonce family, Florence, Mike, and Marco. And we did 1995. So now we're on to 1996. I should say that that song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the $10 club, like Alvin, Alvin, fuck me, Ivan, Jacob Pringle, John Masari, and Knight of Ducks. All right, so we're moving ahead to 1996. Let me just boot up this fucking chart. And what do we start with? Well, we start with fucking a million weeks of that stupid Mariah Carey and Boys to Men song, so we can just skip over that. Yeah, and it takes up 11 weeks of 1996 to start. Fuck's sake, what a <laughs> shitty way to start a year. No, no, I... <laughs> I don't know. Lawnmower Man 2 came out. I mean, <laughs> Lawnmower Man 2 oh, is awesome. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that one has like my favorite scene of all time of like terrible computer hacking stuff. <laughs> all right, we got uh, Celine Dion with Because You Loved Me. So I give this a one. This song is just not for me. Like, this is for grandmas. This is a grandma song. Grandmas love it. And I don't. So I give it a one. Well, I gave this song a three. Oh, grandma. Um, no shit. I would grandma normally, Higgins. I think I would normally give the song a two. <laughs> But there's nothing offensive about it. I don't love the song, but there's a really great chord in the chorus. It's a really great chord change on, if anyone's wondering, it's when she says, faith when you believed. Great chord. That <laughs> kind of raises the bar for me. So I give it a three. And I love Celine Dion. She's great. So How about you, Marco? Um, What did I give it? I gave it a one because it sucks. No, I... Uh, <laughs> it- <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! No, no, sorry. Look, I, I really not into her music, and, and it's not bad. It's not like I don't listen to it. God, oh, this is shit. It's like it's just not for me at all, you know. And you're right. It was like the the typical fucking music that my friends, you know, all my friends, their mums were listening to at the time. I remember like every time I go over, they fucking listen to this album. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. It's it's just a one. How about you, Mike? Five. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Period. Did you listen to this on the Walkman? Yep. All right. All right. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to make this easier, man. Come on. Let's. All right. Okay. Then we got to move ahead. For the love of Christ, Mariah Carey. <laughs> Big surprise. With Always Be My Baby. Carrie in this video she's on a swing over the water and uh, uh, my notes what do my notes say another boring love song but this one has a beat but that was not enough to save it for me I give it a one Florence um, I gave this a two there's nothing really interesting about it to me but also not offensive the theme of this video was like sleepaway camp was sleepaway camp like a big thing for everybody in the 90s I mean like 
To me, it was a TV thing. It was only for white kids on TV. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to go to sleepaway camp, maybe because of TV, but also like I had a lot of like acquaintances in school who were like, "Oh, well, I got I spent eight weeks at camp, and that was like a big deal if you could." like go for all eight weeks of the summer because you were like independent and you're like I can live without my parents for eight weeks oh I never had any interest in camp at all I like didn't want to be away from home that long but I always was so interested I was like oh man maybe I could go for like two weeks that'd be so fun we used to have this thing near uh, where I lived it was it was this outdoor education center where like occasionally the school would do trips where you'd go for a weekend and they had, you know, like these little cottage things with beds and then like, uh, you know, it was like a school trip. It was an overnight school trip, but it was like near town. We did an overnight school trip to camps in sixth grade and eighth grade. Yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. in. Yeah, pretty much. My big takeaway from that was there was a spider in my bed Ooh. when we uh, spent the a few days at Camp Burgess in Cape Cod. Why did the fuck do I remember that? Because it was memorable. Did something special happen? Did you get superpowers? <laughs> no. <laughs> the, I, again, there was a spider in my bed. That's the most special thing that happened, and it was terrible. Oh, that's so Australian, too. Anyway, cool. that this is that this was probably later on in the 90s, but anyway. Hey, Marco, how do you feel about Mariah Carey? Or no, you just I, I told did. me. <laughs> did I? <laughs> did you? Oh, no, you didn't. Go ahead. No, I didn't. You're trying to cut me off again. Jesus Christ, Dan. Um, you have an opinion on I the think show, this please? song, it's a, it's a four for me. Uh, I feel like uh, it came on the radio and... Uh... All right, Marco. Bloody assholes. Um, yeah, no, I gave it a three. It's a pretty good song, actually. I mean, I actually wish I didn't like it for some reason. It's pretty catchy and it's... it's um... No, it's the, the video is so corny, you know. Like, and she's on that fucking that swing over the water. It's really weird. But the song itself is it's actually surprisingly good. So a three for me, Mike. Um, I'm a four. I don't love it, but it's catchy. I like it, and it's a good radio song. And I like listening to the radio. All right, man. Well, listen. Let's uh, we got time for one more. Let's do Bone Thugs in Harmony with The Crossroads. You got to say it that way because it's T H A crossroads. Ba 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 bones, 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 bones. We got lots of bones in my body. This song, I give it a one. This song just does nothing for me. And one of the things that bugs me about it uh, upon re-listening is it just sounds like they're making it up as they go. It just sounds like just people making stuff up. And I've, I've never really cared for that. So that's how I feel about this, this song. Uh, Florence. Oh, my God. I also gave this song a one and I hate it so much because the vocals are so off key it's like they're so flat it's so annoying to me to listen to this and like this is not a song that I was exposed to in the 90s like I literally like this might be crazy but I literally heard this song like for the first time this week Mm. Um, (laughs) and it just oh god it just it sounds like they're they're off key the vocals are so lazy too 
yeah, it does kind of sound like they're making it up, and it's just, it's not for me. Not for me. How about you, Marco? I, I gave it a two. Uh, the verses are kind of a little odd, I would say. But I, I like the chorus. Uh, I really do. It's very catchy, and it's something that kind of sticks in your head. Um, it's quite original, too. Uh, so that's why I gave it a two. How about you, Mike? I'm thinking about the... It's, it's a crazy song. It is a bizarre kind of song. Like, like imagine people were talking to... it. Like, if it was a call, like a back-and-forth thing, and they were like, Well, what were you doing this weekend? I don't know. I went to the mall, and I went shopping, and I got my girlfriend something special. What did you do? I just laid at home and watched football, ball, 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 it's ball. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you uh, told me those were the lyrics, I would believe you. Um, I'm a five. <laughs> <laughs> that song is hella nostalgic. It comes out all the time on the radio. Are you kidding me? That song is everywhere. Oh everywhere. God. And I do, uh, let's quickly round this up into February movies. Did you like Broken Arrow with John Travolta? That was so bad. Is Face Off before Broken Arrow? I want to no, say it's, it's after. after. I'd say it's after 97, maybe 96. I think it's 97, maybe. It's the same director, right? John Woo or whatever? That's right. Okay, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Broken Arrow is just lesser, though. Like, I know it's like, oh, it's got John Travolta in it. And it's Wait, disappointing because yeah. it was uh, written by Graham Yost, who <laughs> wrote Speed, <laughs> best movie of all time. Yeah, no, you would think someone who wrote Speed, like, I don't know. It's like M. Night, you know, you, you get one, <laughs> and then the rest are all just kind of mediocre, flailing around. But he did get that one. Graham Yost's dad used to host a show in in Ontario there was this movie show on I think it was either no it's called Saturday Night at the Movies with L.W. Yost and he was like this old like this sort of pleasant old dude with a mustache who just like would play movies on Saturday nights and I remember it was like a bit of funny trivia that like because he was always showing good movies you know like he was one of those sort of like film nerds before they were there like presenting like if you haven't seen this film from the 1920s or whatever and and then his son ends up writing like action movie Hollywood schlock it just was like a funny thing <laughs> anyways speaking of action movie schlock did you like executive decision from March 96 no but I like that fucking Steven Seagal dies in it because I fucking cannot stand <laughs> Steven Seagal God, such a creep <laughs> it's the strangest turn in a movie he like is a big star blah 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 and then oh look at his little miniature fly away from the plane that dude has such a fucking ego that like convincing him to do a movie where he died in it was probably like a crazy like <laughs> conversation to have with that asshole. Him so much for him to die like, like yeah quadruple the regular price you know yeah yeah for sure what a dummy yeah, yeah. hey that little voice he puts on too yeah, it's <laughs> like fuck it he's such a douche I've never liked Seagal. Anyway, but ideally what I do like is I like awesome music, and Marco's going to play us some now. You know who I like? Van Damme. Actually, I don't <laughs> mind Van Damme. He's got some decent movies, man. Yeah, he does, and he's got a great butt. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you like that, Andy. All right, so we've got a new album coming out. Actually, on May the 2nd, it drops uh, from Isidore. He's an awesome dark synth producer from Serbia. He's got three tracks available right now, uh, like a preview, or you can you know download it now. And uh, the rest drops on May the 2nd. Really good stuff. Yeah, I've been listening to him for quite some time. Anyway, the album's going to be Portals and Dimensions. You can pre-order it on Bandcamp right now. And the song I picked is called Jinx. 
It's uh, it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the ten dollar club. Awesome people like Kudzust, Luke Jackson, uh, aka Brandon. Go check out. He's got a new album. Go check it out. It's good stuff. And Matthew Lister, Monkey Magics, Poly Digital, and Pudnuts. And this is Isidore with Jinx.
And that was Isidore with the track Jinx, which is Marco's eighth pick this week as we look back with the Beyond Synth family, Mike, Marco, and Florence at the Billboard Hits of the 90s. We're on 1996. I would like to say that song was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters like Rama Branch, Rawr, Run the Skyway, Thomas Berg, Tristan Waits, and Watch Clark in the $10 Club. And, uh... Oh, my, my, actually, this is perfect, because, Mike, you need to explain what happens next. So give us an education here. Oh, shit, son. Yeah, I, I closed that tab. Well, open <laughs> it again. <laughs> uh, okay, so if you look at the ratings, or the billboard, whatever it is, it has two songs. It's like one song, backslash, the next song, as like the single entry. And that's called, I learned this as well, as I was making the playlist, it's called a double A-side single. Which means that both tracks get equal promotion and marketing by the label. And it has happened in the past. It used to happen in the 50s and 60s a bunch. Elvis has done it a bunch. And uh, that's all I can remember right now. So it happened here twice for like the next two entries, which is interesting. And it's two Tupac songs. It's the one we're going to do right now. And then the next one is two of the next artist. But that means we have to listen to four songs or two songs at a time and rate them as like the single entry. I still don't fully understand this. So essentially somehow you are allowed to enter in two songs to be number one. Like it's such a weird, it is weird. It's like a cheated. And I think that might be part of the reason why those songs even charted. Like maybe they wouldn't have charted if the label wasn't plugging the two songs at the same Like, yeah, I'm wondering like, is it just that they think the one song was weaker? Is it sort of like, I'll go on a date with you if you also bring your friend to date my friend kind of thing. <laughs> it's like one of those situations where it's exactly like that. Anyway, so oh, let's wow. listen. This is so this is uh, Tupac. So we've got two singles from Tupac, basically. And uh, we got How Do You Want It? Yes. This song, this particular song, does nothing for me. And I never read the trivia, and I don't know if anyone has any answers on this, but do you think, is this the first number one hit that has the N-word in it? No. Hmm. No? No. I think there had to have been other songs that had that. Because this one stood out to me. Like, when I listened, it, it made me go like... Oh, and this is like a number one Billboard hit. It's like in the first line. Yeah, I, was, I don't want to try to ask Google because then I might get some stuff later on. <laughs> <laughs> How do we phrase this? Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, if, if you type an N-word to Google, it, it'll it fill in the rest for you, right? Let's not talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's gold. Well, anyway, because like it, all I'll say is like the second this song started playing, that stood out to me, and I'm like, oh, weird. Now, mind you, I'm assuming for radio they censored it, right? Not that I mean, do you even get away with it now? No, I get confused because you know when you watch movies that were censored in the 80s and 90s, they were censoring things that they don't bother censoring now. Like they would censor like ass and damn and anyway, an interesting piece of trivia. I would like an answer <laughs> to if someone wants to fucking do the research for me. So the point is, I give. This half of his uh, dual single a one. Uh, how about you, Florence? I give it a three. I like this song. It it made me smile. It's it's catchy. It's kind of cheesy, but it's yeah. I don't know the <laughs> the stationary bull riding in the um in the video <laughs> was <laughs> top notch too. But uh, but no, I, I 
I was surprised that I was actually like enjoying the song as much as I did. <laughs> so I gave it a three. It's okay. All right. How about you, Marco? I got to be honest, and I don't want to be negative all the time, but I've given these next two just a one because I think it's just a ridiculous idea to have the two songs as number one. I mean, what what the fuck kind of shit is that? What is a number one song? <laughs> two songs? I mean, come on. Marco, you know, an ambassador is, for data integrity. Of course it's a bloody one. Another one of those stupid American ideas. I'm sorry. It really is. It's like, And it didn't take off. Obviously, it fucking fell in the ass after this. So I'm giving <laughs> both of them. It's absolutely ridiculous. You that know? is an awesome expression. Sorry, guys. Sorry <laughs> fell to be in so the negative. Ass. It's just... It's just terrible. Absolutely right. terrible. How about you, Mike? I'm a five. I love this song. I love the second song. Are we talking about the second song yet? No, we're just doing the first one first. I love it. It's catchy. I play it all the time in the shower. <laughs> in the shower. I'm driving and being angry. <laughs> um, very angry driver. I'm always like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, no, it's good. It's nostalgic. I love Tupac. Tupac is my jam. So now let's move ahead to his other single, uh, California Love. So this one, this will sort of raise my average a bit because I like this one better than the other one. And I definitely like, I know this one better. And there's certain conversations we've had several times uh, the past few shows that I've cut out because it wasn't relevant. Because once we got to the hip hop tracks, it was going to become relevant about how we treat songs that are sampling other songs. And my philosophy is basically if you sample somebody else's music, but you you really do transform that sample in some way and make the whole experience feel like a new thing, that's fine. The thing I don't like is when you sample somebody else's song, don't really do anything to the sample, and that sample is the best part of your song. However, in the case of California Love... Um, it, it is sampling a bunch of things. Like, it's sampling the piano riff uh, from a Joe Cocker song. And actually, all the lyrics of the chorus, like the California knows how to party bit, are lyrics from a track. I go to a website called uh, whosampled.com, which actually shows you, especially for hip-hop tracks, what songs they sampled, and it literally gives you the time code so you can hear the original track. Go to whosampled.com. Get a 50% off deal, Beyonce. Yeah, it's awesome, because you can go there, because anytime you're listening to a hip-hop track and you go like oh, what is this chorus thing? And you go check it out. And sure enough, like it always is sampled from something. In this case, the lyrics are from a track from Ronnie Hudson and the Street People. And there's a track called West Coast Pop Lock from like the 80s. And that's where all the California knows how to party lyrics are from. In the case of this Tupac song, I do think that they do transform it to the point where, like, they're not actually sampling that song. It sounds like they are, like, re-singing it. And they also have that 1960s Doctor Who Cyberman vocoder on the vocals, which is, like, the catchy part of this track. You know, whenever I hear it, it sort of reminds me of things like Grand Theft Auto and stuff. Like, I feel like this song was in one of the soundtracks of the games, and uh, it is uh, a thing. And I, yeah, so I think this one's fine. 
I give it a three, so then I combine it with my one, and his dual single gets a two. That's my math. Right. Florence. I also gave the song a three. I kind of knew the song, but it, it didn't really become relevant to me until I moved to California. So now it's like very relevant to me. And, you know, it like pops up here all the time and people always sing along. And yeah, sure. Like, I'll sing along to this shit. So, uh, yeah, I give it a three. It's okay. And uh, I didn't know the video was Thunderdome themed. That's exciting. Do you like the Thunderdome? It's not my favorite Mad Max movie, but... What is your favorite Mad Max movie? (laughs) Road Warrior. And why? Because the dog is the cutest (laughs) in that movie. Oh, yeah. Poor dog. I always liked... It's the first one, right? Where they called a guy a turkey? Where it's just like, Hey, you're a turkey! Hey, man, you're a turkey! I always loved that bit, because... The first one is weird. What a turkey. Hey, Bob, you're a turkey. You know that? I mean, I love Fury Road, don't get me wrong. Fury, Fury Road, but that's like its own thing. Yeah. Of the originals, Road Warrior is my fave. Thunderdome is too cheesy. All right, Marco, how do you feel about California love? Well, you kind of already know my opinion. I got to give it a one. <laughs> <laughs> and what what's you- your favorite Mad Max movie? Uh, probably the first one, and the second one is still really good, um, but the first one's definitely the classic. Such a moving story, you know, and an ultimate story of revenge, you know, in the end. I was always surprised when I finally got around to seeing Mad Max. It was almost that same experience of seeing Rambo mm. or seeing First Blood after hearing about it for so, like as a kid and going, that's what this movie is? Mm. And I remember I felt the same way because I was always so used to the box art of seeing what Mad Max 2, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And thinking like, oh, we're in for this thing. And then like the first one was like, oh, this is surprisingly low budget. Like I didn't, I wasn't expecting yeah. what it was. Very low budget. Yep. No, I was going to say, they're both very different movies. Like very, very different. You know, one's really just an action movie uh all out action movie and the other ones you know uh, uh, the story it's a deep story you know of of revenge and um and i already said that but <laughs> of loss <laughs> and you know anger all that sort of shit it's it's but they yeah both very good movies mike california love uh, i love this song it's great it's nostalgic it's a party song every time it comes on everyone starts singing and dancing and clapping and hooting and hollering Florence, it's interesting that you know that the uh, the song is on all the time in California. When we did our road trip a few years ago, like the second we got to California and switched to California radio, that song was bumping every like 15 minutes on all the stations. It's like that song and every Red Hot Chili Peppers song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That's literally what's on the radio all it's the like time the, here. It's like the official theme song for California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like the uh, the black velvet of uh, of California because whenever I turn on the radio, I get black velvet, and you guys get Tupac. So that's fun. Uh, um, I love that song. Yes, to the point that I even like sat down and remixed it, and I just I love it. It's got I got California love for that song. Yeah, and what's your favorite Mad Max? <laughs> uh, Thunderdome. It's the Hollywood version of Mad Max. Obviously. All right. Yeah. So look. Uh, I know Marco's been picking the tracks, but uh, just because we just did the Tupac thing, I'd like to. Uh, well, Mike just mentioned it. You did a you did a fun. You call this a remix or a cover or remix? What I don't even it? know what I call it. It's a kind of um. It's a smash 'em up. I smashed up my outrun with Tupac's lyrics and stuff, and I also uh, I pitched stuff up and I pitched stuff. To, it's a work of edit. Some of the lyrics, when you find the acapella to the song are not necessarily on the beat and my ears it drives me crazy i just don't like when lyrics are not and so i sat there and i like edited every syllable to be completely on the beat yeah i like it it's a good song and it also works in front of an audience i've seen it played in front of people and um because of the nostalgia factor of the song i think the tempo of the outrun kind of speeds it up 
or down or it's still it's kind of dancey i've seen people dance this it's kind of interesting what a phenomenon all right well look we'll play your uh hoo-ha versus tupac california love desert cruise Hoo-pac. i just want to say it's brought to you by uh, my awesome uh, patreon supporters uh in the ten dollar club we got willow your friend estevez gary heather jonathan harden and uh, what are some other look? Look at these fucking wacky ass donations. Go oh, because McGadfly, <laughs> McGadfly is in the donation of the Beast Club, and Binkley's in the Johnny Five Club. Even though he donates seven eighty six, ah, fucking Patreon is confusing. Anyways, the point is this: you guys are all awesome. And now listen to this. This is uh, Hoopak with uh, California <laughs> Love Desert Cruise. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
And that was California Love Desert Cruise by Hoopak, which of course is Hoo-Ha and Tupac put together our very own Mike Mendoza before he changed his name to Modern Night. It gets really confusing, but uh, I really I really actually liked your cover here. I think this is a cool song, so I'm uh, I'm happy about it. And it was uh, brought to you by my awesome uh, Patreon supporters. Let's just play the Donation of the Beast jingle real fast. This is the Donation And I know I probably named some of them before, but we're in the Donation of the Beast, the Triple Six, the Mark of Satan, you know his name. What? Uh, we got a Bashed Pudding, we got Adam Conway, Akio Nakasone, Andrew Big Baby D, Boris Seifert, Cat Punk, and Christian Quello. Shout out to Christian Quello. He helps out with the show descriptions, and he's working on a spreadsheet for me right now to help me in my old age, but that's a secret spreadsheet. It's not for you. It's just for me. Uh, I'll let you all know it so I can remember people's names and <laughs> who their artists are and stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, we're here. It's the 1995-96. And I would be an asshole if I didn't mention May 96 is when Twister came out, speaking of Donation of the Beast. Nice. Rawr, rawr, rawr. Twister. So now, let's go ahead, and we have another dual number one here with Tony Braxton. So we'll start with You're Making Me High. I love my notes are about the music video I like the big blue set she sings the song in this video is a bunch of men appearing in an elevator and every so often one of the ladies can't help but leave with one of them and I give the song a one. Is she running some kind of escort service? Yeah, I don't know. But I do I do like that big blue room with like the neon pedestal thing. Yeah. That's cool. But uh but I gave the song a two. It's not offensive, but I didn't really like it. The lyrics are too on the nose, the chorus doesn't do anything. I'm indifferent to it. How about you, Marco? Uh I'll give it a one. I much prefer Hoo-Ha's version, thank you. <laughs> 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 How about you, Mike? I like this one. Uh, I'm a huge fan of this song. Pops in there every now and then and loops. So I get stuck in my head. I'm a five on this song. Then let's move ahead to her other fucking single here. Let it flow. First thing Monday morning, I'm gonna put my tears away. Uh, for me, this was just not my cup of tea. I think, you know what I'm starting to realize as well? You know how I always go off on the fucking that DX7 sort of piano sound I don't like? <laughs> a- another sound I don't like is that sort of strummy, plingy guitar when it's played over top of like R&B type percussion or like pop percussion. Like there's something about that guitar sound that if it's just someone solo playing a guitar and singing, it doesn't bug me. But the second it's in a pop song and, you know, like there's like fucking Backstreet Boys songs that that have this sort of sound in it, and like a lot of pop music that'll do this strummy guitar sort of plingy. That's the best way I can describe it. And I that's another sound just like that DX7 fucking 
piano marimba thing that I just do not care for. And uh, so I also give her other single a one as well. Florence. We're going to just cover every song in the entire world with my DX7 for you, Andy. Yeah, you just got a DX7. Is that correct? I did. I did. Primarily just to annoy you. Did you say anything? What did you just say? Did you did you give me a number? Did you me? say anything? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh my God. May 96 um, also had Mission Impossible. It, let it flow. <laughs> Gets a two. This song was kind of eh, whatever. Kind of same notes as uh, you're making me high. The video is weird as fuck. Like, is she supposed to be dancing with like statues, but alive mannequins? Like, what what is happening? It's very strange. I wonder if they split the budget of the video between the two songs. Ooh, maybe. What do you think about that, Marco? <laughs> I. It might be a good idea. You know, possibly. <laughs> But, uh, I, yeah, no, I think it all sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you give this one? Do you give it a one, too? I gave it a one as well. Yep, totally. Is it because it of the principal thing? Because the two songs? You hate it? Yeah, it's definitely the principal thing. It's fucking ridiculous. I, no, honestly, I don't like them anyway, but then it just makes it even worse because it's like a two-song thing. <laughs> it's not fucking number one. It's number one and two, you know, Cheated. or maybe it's just the one song and the other song's shit, you know, like, but oh, no, let's prop up the other song. Anyway, whatever. Sorry, guys. How about you, Mike? I'm a one on the second song, which makes it a two and a half. I'll lean towards three. Sure. Just say I love the first one a lot. Um, this song kind of sucks. The guitars, you know what I don't like about the guitar thing? When there's a note change and it's like, ding, 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 yeah, squeak, ding, 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 yeah, squeak. Like it's just the squeaking when the, the finger rubs on the string and you hear that like, yeah. I'm trying to do it. Everyone, everyone do your version of it. Andy, you do it. <laughs> I like your impression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I feel about it. But, uh,. June 96 had some major hits. Did you like The Phantom with Billy Zane? No. Oh, God. Did anyone? <laughs> that movie used to come on HBO all the time. I used to watch it a lot. The Rock, Michael Bay, Sean Connery. That's amazing. Nicolas yeah. Cage. That's a fun uh, one. The Cable Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, cult classic. I think people like it more now than they did then. Eraser, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I like this movie. Um, it's got that Italian guy that he talks like this. I never remember his fucking name, but you know what I mean? Like, he's funny. Robert Pastorelli. I was never fond of Eraser. Me either. That was really Arnold Schwarzenegger's downs. You know, just on... That was like the clear... He, he went over the fucking bridge and he's coming down. You know, that was like, fuck. It's over. Like, the honeymoon period is over for him. <laughs> I never saw that movie, but I had a friend who was like... Who was allowed to see it, but I wasn't allowed to see Ooh. it. Because I think it was like rated R and I was... It was too much for me, apparently. The gun was cool in it, though. That, yeah, Invisible like x-ray yeah. thing with the green trail. I'm sure it was. Um, Hunchback in Notre Dame. Ooh. I will not correct myself. No also, uh, <laughs> The Nutty Professor. That was a big movie that year. Um, and then also Striptease. Barow, barow. Yeah, I know you like that one, Mike. Do you think, and this is a serious question, that with the ubiquity of pornography now, that the need for sexy Hollywood movies like is just irrelevant. Like I feel like there was a time where the idea of like, oh, it's a sexy movie or a sexy thriller. But now that anyone can just have access to porn, I almost feel like the idea of the sexy movie is just sort of like unnecessary now. Thoughts? I think also the genre doesn't create a lot of money. Back in the 80s and 90s, like that was a place where you could go see some titillating adult thriller type of stuff. And nowadays, 
that genre still kind of exists, but it's on television because, yeah, like you're saying, yeah, I agree. Um, you don't go to the theaters to see that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that type of movie has kind of has has waned, but it's more TV shows. You look at Game of Thrones, mm. and there's so much like nudity and sex scenes in it. I mean, it's pretty full on for a TV show, but I think it's kind of moved to that. Like what Mike's saying, it's Fair. more of a TV thing. Yeah, I, I bet you though that it has something to do with porn. Like access to porn, like <laughs> no, like that, that there was something on porn. that there was something more exciting about the idea of this movie's got boobs in it before, whereas now it's like who gives a shit? Because like you go on the internet, and you don't even have to. You type in the word "b" and Google finishes it for you <laughs> and writes out boobs and then shows you pictures. Well, and so your Google finishes <laughs> that for yeah, you. I, I type in boobs a lot. Okay, I have I'm a problem. Sure. But the point is, what <laughs> is boobs? Let me know in the comments below. Uh, do you think my thesis is correct? Wait, no, 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 keep going. But I, I have something to bring up about 1995 movies. Well, how about this? How about you hang on to that thought? Marco plays me a song, and then we'll come right back, and you can tell me all about it. Okay. Is that cool? Hey, Marco, play me something. <laughs> sure, sure. I got a new song here from Allison. I know you're a big fan of Allison yourself, Andy, yep. and um, he's no stranger to the show. Uh, this one's, um, I don't know, there's something special about this. It's a little trancey or whatever the fuck you want to call it, but it's, it's a really, really good song. <laughs> I like the way it kind of teases the melody and kind of brings in a little more each time, and then at the end you kind of get the full thing, and then it ends, and then it makes you want to listen to it again and again. That's the effect it has on me anyway. So, uh, the song I'm talking about is called Sentinel. Uh, give it a spin, Andy. All right, man, and I would also like to say that it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters. The donation of the beast, the triple six. We're talking about Krizak, Haderach, Dalton Bell, David Lavelli Jr., Electromechanic, Franz Varga, Joe Esposito, and Lolshka. Pattersons are good, Pattersons are wise. <laughs> this is Allison with Sentinel.
And that was Sentinel by Allison, Marco's ninth pick of the week, brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters and the donation of the Beast Club, like Luke Timmermans, Nicholas Carl, Owen Magali, Philip Back, Pooh in an Alleyway, and Replicant 69. And we are back talking about the Billboard uh, number one hits of 1996. And Florence, you had something to say. Mike, did you say Braveheart in 1995? How the fuck did you miss that, Mike? I don't remember you saying that, and oh, I'm Mike. offended because no, it's, it's, I'm too. looking at one like the best. Um, it's like one of the biggest movies of the year. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Mike. <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for like all the movies. There's like so many movies, and it's like I'm just kind of going, oh, look, July '96, Theodore Rex, Independence Day. I was reminded because my friend who saw Eraser when I could not see Eraser, she also watched Braveheart when I could not watch Braveheart. <laughs> what a bitch! I know. Jeez. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. I've recently watched Braveheart like last year, which is terrible that it took me this long to watch it. Oh, for the first time? Yeah, for the first time. It's an awesome movie. Braveheart's awesome. I know, because I watched it and it soared up to one of my favorite movies. It's so amazing. It's great. The music is excellent. Yep. It's just such a good story. It's like, it's great. So I just wanted to make sure that the listeners know that we know that Braveheart came out in 1995. It's another great movie for me. You know. Yeah, like when Lord of the Rings came out before Lord of the Rings, Braveheart was always my go-to like sure. epic battle movie. You know, sure. when you talked about epic f- battle sequences with lots of extras mm-hmm. on this, you know, whatever. Oh yeah, and it was so amazing. And that was the bar. Yeah. And then when Lord of the Rings came out, I remember just going, "Holy fuck!" Like we're seeing like even though it was CGI, like you, you didn't you didn't think it could get any better, but it did. But no, Braveheart Braveheart's great. Yeah, Braveheart's awesome, and I love. I, I have a buddy where we're always quoting movies and like we love the evil king because he's so evil like he's just such a prick but like sometimes you know there's some characters in movies that are such pricks that it almost becomes funny at a certain point because like they're just like when you know he's, he grabs his son's boyfriend because he like starts giving him advice and he's like oh very interesting and he walks him over to the window and he's like what would you say to this and just fucking throws him out the window and like he's, <laughs> he's just such an asshole uh, anyway Braveheart uh, Mel Gibson won like all the awards right yeah that year it was a good that move that was like the big movie yeah, best director best film wasn't yeah because he, he also like wrote and directed it too right yeah like I, I know people yeah. would like shit on his accent and stuff like that but it's still an awesome movie like and I always I was never really too bothered by it but where are we what are anyway we? yeah that's it um we're on Macarena oh fuck me all right hey, Macarena. Macarena. well we gotta I... do it it's the fucking Macarena <laughs> Now here's the thing we should uh, we should say first of all now I give this a one I fucking hate it but we should acknowledge that this is a remix so the actual song that hits number one is a is a remix and the thing about this song I get that it's sort of like cheesy fun and I know that this is a classic song that people don't like but like is also 
in that world of cheesy fun songs that people might also enjoy because of the cheesiness of it. But for me, the reason why this song drives me nuts is the repetitive, like... When I was a kid and I listened to electronic music, you know, older people would always say, like, I don't like dance music. You know, it's so repetitive, this music you kids listen to. And I would never, like, understand that complaint. This is the one of those songs where it's like, that thing in the background, the na 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 it just does that for four minutes like it doesn't it never changes and once you start actually listening to like the bass line in the background it is the most repetitive and annoying thing that like goes into my brain like oh, i can't believe this song never changes like it's just that for four minutes that's it i i hate it but i do recognize that it's a novelty song and so maybe i'm just a curmudgeon for not liking this fucking trash florence you're a fucking curmudgeon um <laughs> i give this song a fucking <laughs> four <Uh-oh. laughs> um because you're dead to me i know no okay so let me just be completely clear this song is really fucking stupid it's dumb are you talking about the lyrics i'm talking about all of the songs (laughs) all of it the lyrics the melody everything is bad but i dance to this shit at like sleepovers it's very nostalgic for me i still you know brings back good memories of dancing with my few friends at whatever party or whatever so yeah i i mean i'm not gonna say that i love it because it's not quite up there but i like it so it gets four how about you marco all right well i gave it a two not because i particularly like it i don't but and i've heard it so many fucking times it was played so much at the time at parties and just everywhere but i acknowledge that it is super catchy and very successful and i get why people like it it's easy to dance to and sing along to and it's fun and all that shit so i get that so that's why i gave it a two how about you mike i'm a five very nostalgic for it i also did dances school and wherever else random macarena would break out that was a year you know that year it, it was on the week the fucking chart for 14 weeks which is um insane that's fucking stupid yeah i just yeah, should say like really dumb it's a novelty song if you're a novelty song you get a fucking week you don't get that many fucking weeks with such a simplistic shitty song like i'll give you one <laughs> I love how angry you are i'll give you <laughs> maybe, one uh, Anyway, Maybe it was a super huge hit because of the crossover effect of the South American language thing. That's possible. Um, international crossover. It was a worldwide hit. Yeah. No, that's cool. I like that song. I would recommend listening to the original by Los Del Rio that doesn't have the dancey house stuff on it. It's very catchy. It's got like acoustic congos and it's cool. It's a very fun song. Um, but yeah, the lyrics of the song, I do want to mention that it's about some trampy girl who leaves her boyfriend and then goes, she goes on a hot date with two guys at the same time later on. Ooh, trivia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really racy song, which is, that's also a weird part about why I think it's super huge and famous. The content of the song is like weird. So... (laughs) Wait, the Macarena is about DP? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Andy. fucking Christ. You're really on this porn <laughs> shit at the moment, aren't you? <laughs> hey, man, director of photography. I ain't no perv. I don't know what you're talking about. Jesus, Speaking of movies, in August 1996, Chain Reaction came out. Keanu Reeves, uh, Rachel Weiss, Matilda. Ooh, shout out to my wife. La, we I got Matilda. Jack Robin Williams. House Arrest was a good kids movie with Jamie Lee Curtis and uh, Kevin Pollock. We got the Kevin Costner slammer Tin Cup about golf. Ooh. A very Brady sequel. Another hilarious, hilarious movie. Um, first Kid 
Sinbad shout out and yep. the one maybe for discussion. Escape from L.A. Did you like that one? No, that was so bad. That was one of the first movies I remember recognizing just how shitty it was. Mm. Like you know when you're a kid and you just sort of like everything. And I remember watching Escape from L.A. and that surfboarding scene and just going <laughs> like, yes. what the fuck is this? Like just with my buddy, just like this sucks. It looks so bad. <laughs> but the point is, what's not shit is awesome fucking music. And Marco is gonna play. <laughs> some for me. Oh, no. Yeah, I play, I play all the best shit. That's right. Yeah, man. I got some nice chill wave for you, Andy. Uh, is another artist that I discovered recently. I like his music. He always has, like, really cool artwork that he uploads with it. Like, just really otherworldly shit, you know? And, and I'm wondering, I'm pretty sure he makes it himself, but I just need to know. It kind of gives the music a bit of character, you know? The track I want to play is called Star Bloom. I think it's his best track. He's got a little thing that goes with it, a little slogan that says, Even in the deepness of space life finds a way. <laughs> well, let's do it, man. This is a Creature Gallery. Oh, I should say it's brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club like Ross Pentland, Artificial, Stagger, Tomas Shimanek, Senatef, Jean-Christophe Leconte, Mike Bailey, Tatsuya Miwa, and Zayon B. And this is Creature Gallery with Star Bloom. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
And that was Star Bloom by Creature Gallery, Marco's 10th pick this week on this awesome family show. I don't know if it's presumptuous to call it awesome, but I am here with awesome people, Mike, Marco, and Florence, talking about the hits of the 90s. And uh, that song, of course, was brought to you by my awesome Patreon supporters in the Triple Six Club, the donation of the beast, like David Evans and Mr. Gimpson. And of course, we always like to end off the Triple Six Club with the Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. Okay, so we just did the Macarena. We we only have two songs left. We fucking did it, by the way. I know it's oh too early God. to congratulate ourselves, but... <laughs> we still have two more to go. Listen, let's do it. This is uh, Blackstreet featuring Dr. Dre. This is No Diggity. Baby, you're perfect 10. I want to get in. Can I get down so I can I like the way you work, kid. No diggity. I thought to bag it up. Bag it up. I like the way you work, kid. No diggity. No diggity. I I give this song a four. I think this song's great. I've always loved this song. It's so catchy. This is one of the, the few songs in the 90s. Like, I will sing this song just around. I, I've always loved the chorus of this. And I remember the first time I saw the music video, I laughed so hard just because it's got these marionettes. And, like, I feel like there's two versions of the video. Because when I was a kid, I remember there being way more marionettes than there were when I watched it recently. But marionettes make me laugh. And I just think it's a, a super catchy song. I love fucking no diggity. It's just a great I like it. Anyways, that's me, Florence. I don't find it as catchy. I gave it a two. I'm indifferent about it. Doesn't really do anything for me. And that is all I have to say about that. They filmed it at the Mayan in Los Angeles, Ooh. which is a cool concert venue. That's where the the Mayan club scene from the video is taking place. If that wasn't obvious. Did you like the marionettes? Yeah, they're cool. All right. How about you, Marco? I'm pretty much echo what Florence is saying. Uh, I gave it a two as well. It really doesn't do anything for me. It's a little catchy, and I guess it's a bit of a classic 90s song, but I, I don't know. It's all right. It's, I'm indifferent. How about you, Mike? I like this song a lot to the point that I love it. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's very catchy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has come into my head, and uh, it represents a certain time of my life. Um, when I think about this, what was it? The end of '96? Was I ten years old? When is ten years old? Like fourth grade? Three? I want to say it's third, third and fourth grade. Yeah, third and fourth grade. Yeah, I just I feel like this particular song just does something for me. Sexual. Yeah, I like the marionettes. I like the marionettes. They're very um, Thunderbirds. They've got the Thunderbirds kind of like, whoa, like the wobbly kind of, like they're silly looking. Yep. (laughs) September 1996 in movies. I went to go see Bulletproof, which is supposed to be a comedy with Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler, and it is not a comedy. It's just a movie with Damon Wayans and Adam Sandler. I like that one. You like that? But you know what made me uncomfortable watching it recently is they're like at a motel. It's like a love motel. They're like yeah. a heart-shaped uh, bed and a heart-shaped jacuzzi, and there's all this like, like if the whole thing is icky. I don't know. Like watching it now, it plays up on like all the wrong jokes for me. Maybe I, ha- I haven't seen it in a while, and I know it got bagged pretty bad at the time um but anyway it's i i liked it how do you guys feel about unbreak my heart by tony braxton <laughs> oh, i don't know andy how do you feel about it i give it a two. Oh, i love how i'm always so prepared to like <laughs> say i give things ones unbreak my
Yeah, this video is about Tony Braxton crying in her lingerie about her boyfriend who drove his motorbike right into a car and flipped over it. And then he's just lying on the road with no blood. It's fine. Like, it's sort of... The, most of the song is kind of it's tolerable, but when it gets bigger in the second half, that's why I give it a two. So, like, at first, it's like, okay, it's another one of these kind of songs, but the song does sort of elevate a bit, and I like it more as the song sort of progresses. But, you know, ultimately, I think it's, you know, it's it's whatever. It's there. It's, uh, it's fine. Florence? I gave the song a four because... I don't know. I don't actually know. Like, for some, <laughs> for some reason, this song... No, I'm trying to figure out, like, why this song resonates with me so much because, like, I didn't, like, listen to it. I didn't have this on a CD or anything. I don't think I did, but... I know I heard the song a lot. And, like, I wasn't necessarily listening to the radio a lot, like, at this point yet. So, I don't know why, but, like, I know the song really well, and I, I like it. It's a great power ballad. The chorus does, you know, it changes key from the verse to the chorus. It's so great and epic. So, yeah, I give it a four. Uh, okay, so that one I gave a one. I'm I actually now that I think about it, I'm really not a fan of Tony Braxton. Um, I don't think I like any of her music. I know I hate being so negative. This was a bad year for me. I think, well, music wise, anyway, the movies were great, like you're saying, Andy. But uh, no, sorry, it's a one. I don't like this. How about you, Mike? What are we doing? Unbreak this heart? Yep. What? I'm a five. Total nostalgia factor. Think kind of the same thing as the No Diggity song. Like I think about this, and I just instantly think of all of them. All of them. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) This is the part of the recording where all our brains shut off. Yeah. I'm also, um, I realize, because I'm I'm at October in my movies list, so I got to barrel through three months of this. I I can just name movies. Well, how about we do it after Marco plays me a song? So, first of all, I would like to say, we fucking did it. We actually did two years in one show. Oh, my God. Which I think we all should be congratulated. Marco will play a song. Especially, especially Mike and Andy, you guys should be very congratulated. You did very well this time. I'm impressed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, we're we're mature adults, man. Play me a song, Marco. All right. I got a new one from Heartbeat Hero. I know he was just on the show recently, Andy, but this is a really nice song. It's quite simple, but I think with the simple songs, when they're done right, it's... I don't know. There's something nostalgic about it that takes me back, you know, and this is, there's some real emotion and feeling in this one, and uh, well done. Um, this is a really good, yeah, well done, Daniel. This is a really good song, and uh, the one I'm going to play is Synthwave Sunsets. All right, and I would like to say it's brought to you by my awesome PayPals, like Upgrade Jimpy and Ross Bruce, the Silver Bruce, neck and neck with Upgrade Jimpy to be kings of the PayPals, and of course, with the 1984, Mr. Al. Alex Lightspeed, who then told me, he sent a message, I was like, it was my birthday on March 28th. Well, too late, buddy. You snooze, you lose. But whatever. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday to Mr. Alex Lightspeed. I think he said the 28th. Merry Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Merry Christmas, Alex Lightspeed. And of course, uh, Austin Whetstone and Jimmy Groon and the Rosconian. You guys are awesome. Now listen to this. This is Heartbeat Hero with Synthwave Sun sets.
And that was Synthwave Sunsets by Heartbeat Hero. And if you dig that, go back in time one episode of Beyond Synth and you can hear my conversation with Heartbeat Hero. Anyways, that was brought to you by my awesome Patreon support. Uh, nope, my awesome PayPals. I'm talking about Brandon Morin. Did I say the Ross Conian already? Digital Dreams, Gustav Velichek, Dan Williams, Adrian Lawrence, Russell Nyes, Timothy Warwick, Christian Alexander, and Jersey. You guys are awesome. And uh, that was Marco's 11th pick this week. And now we can fucking wind this down. I'm winding uh, us down cinematically. Yes, do it. All right, we got D3, The Mighty Ducks. This is October 96. Um, the Glimmer Man, Steven Seagal. I also wanted to mention earlier, but I forgot <laughs> The Glimmer to talk Man about is it. such a stupid title. <laughs> I've always just like, what a dumb title. The Glimmer Man. I literally have never heard of that movie. The more Louisiana he became. You know, back then he kind of just talked like this. But now that mm. you see him, he talk like this. He going to be a sheriff down the Louisiana Parish now. Yeah, what's with that shit? I like the big shirts he wears. <laughs> Uh, that thing you do One of my favorite movies Of all time uh, We also have The Ghost and the Darkness With Val Kilmer Wasn't that movie Also Troubled Weren't there like Weird troubles With that movie I think that- so I recall that No or are you thinking Of Island of Dr. Moreau Or both Yeah that's the with Brando Yeah Long Kiss Goodnight Love this movie Brilliant screenplay Shane Ooh, Black You want some trivia Yeah They filmed Long Kiss Goodnight I think like an hour away From my hometown And it was a big deal That a Hollywood movie Was filming like in our area Because we live In the middle of no place and they burnt down this historic hotel. They had like a wiring problem because they were like filming in there and they fucking burnt the building down. <laughs> oh, oh my shit. God. The one and where they jump out the window? Yes. Yeah, so I think there is there like a white building with lots of windows like in an action scene at the end of the movie? Yeah. It, it wasn't like a, a stunt gone wrong or something. It was just like wires left overnight that ended up causing a fire that ended up burning the building. So there you go. Damn. And trivia, Michael Collins, Liam Neeson, that was a big movie for him that year. Sleepers was a big movie for De Niro, Bacon, Hoffman, Brad Pitt. Like, that freaking cast is stacked. Swingers, fucking John Favreau's first, uh, first that, big that's thing. That's a good movie. I always liked that one. Hell yeah. Thinner, the weird horror author. What's his name? My brain is fried. Yeah, Stephen it's a King. Stephen King. King. That's the one where, like, the dude's fat, but he's got really weird-looking fat makeup. When he's in fat mode. And then he becomes like real bones makeup. Yeah. It's an interesting one. It kind of freaked me out as a kid. I think I developed a fear of gypsies, like the magic of gypsies back then from this movie. (laughs) (laughs) There's a bunch of those. The book was so much better, but anyway. yep. November 96. Dear God. Good movie. Feel good movie, Greg Kinnear. Um, Romeo and Juliet, Baz Luhrmann. I fucking hate this movie. You know what? I like it. Yeah. That movie's great. It drives all, all the fastness and all the zaniness is. You know what, what though is is what like makes me hate it. I it's the Boz Lerman thing for me. At the time, this was that phase where we started to see those directors who were directing music videos on MTV start to direct movies. And I feel like this movie is like the epitome of a music video director directing a movie. (laughs) You know when things start to get overused? So at first it was cool when like The Matrix and certain other movies had the color grading where they would have like, you know, you watch a movie and like this movie's green and this movie's blue. And now it's so boring because everyone digitally color corrects their movies but when it first started happening it was like new and interesting and I feel like uh, Romeo and Juliet is that for me where I feel like after a while there was like Tony Scott movies that were like really fr- I was just frenetic gonna and crazy Tony Scott. It's, it's, it makes me fucking crazy all the editing and all the yeah. nonsense and the speed ramping it, ugh, I feel nonsense. like in the case of Romeo and Juliet it's like I feel like the style serves the movie like it's very like 
you know, look at this fucking trendy way we're presenting this classic William Shakespeare thing. But for some reason, for me, it works. I could understand someone not liking it, but it for me, it works. I will admit that people... I'm not admit, but like acknowledge that it was a huge movie for like teenage girls. My cousins were huge crusher crushers on Leonardo. <laughs> Um, and uh, girls at school crush on Leonardo. Yeah, they're crushers, dude. Fucking get with it. Oh. Um, Wesley crushes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we uh, keep moving on. Set it off. Actually, it's a good movie by F. Gary Gray with Queen Latifah and brrr, Jada Pinkett. Yeah. Was she in the news? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ransom. <laughs> Mel Gibson. I like that movie. The uh, Space Jam. Remember The Space Jam? Actually, that's a oh, the original. That's a huge, huge goddamn movie. I've never seen Space Jam. Jingle All the Way. I think it's starting to become a cult classic because more and more people I see every year like say, man, this movie's great, you know, instead of like the usual, what a bullshit Arnold movie. Yeah. I think the tide is starting to turn like publicly with that movie, which is, it makes me feel great because I love that movie. Yeah. It does suck though. <laughs> <laughs> like it's one of those, I feel like it's like an ironic, like people like it. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I mean, you're allowed to like bad things. Like it's okay. I gotta be honest. I, I I always hated when they crossed over fucking real video with cartoons. It's just terrible. Like, it, yeah, it was never interesting to me either. It's just not cool. It's not funny. It's just terrible. Sorry. Wait, which movie are we talking about? Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam. Sorry, I thought you guys were talking about uh, uh, Jingle All the Way, and I'm like, what cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking like, Power Man, like the fucking <laughs> Shine. Jeffrey Rush, big movie Star Trek First Contact. Hey. Oh yeah, I saw that in the movies. Yep. Um, Hundred One Dalmatians, and then. Uh, Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. What the fuck, Sling Blade? Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, I'm looking it up Didn't now. Did he win the Oscar that year for that? I remember the movie was good, but I don't know. The, is, are those the kind of movies you can't make anymore? Where like the whole premise is like a regular person playing someone with mental issues. Yeah, I was also thinking of uh, Sean Penn and hmm. the other one. And then yeah, Jack, right? Yes, with Jack Robin Williams. <laughs> wasn't Jack just that he he was a kid, but he grew an adult body? Wasn't that Jack? Oh, I think that's what. It, yeah, he had reverse Benjamin Button. <laughs> you know, reverse Benjamin Button is just growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And on to December, we have Daylight with Sylvester Stallone. Did you like that one? No. That's the where, like, no. um, the tunnel collapses. Yeah. You have anything to say about these? That was shit. Um, but, uh, just another one of them tunnel pictures. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jerry Maguire. You ever heard of that one? Yes. Um, that one definitely stars Jerry O'Connell. Hmm. He's a good guy. I like that guy. Mars Attacks. Ack, ack. That's one of my favorite ones, man. Mars Attacks is a movie I wish was better because that was like at the time where I loved Tim Burton before he started making movies I didn't like at all. Like there was a point he used to be my favorite director in high school. If someone asked me who's your favorite director, I'd say Tim Burton and I'd be like fucking Beetlejuice and Batman and Edward Scissorhands. And, and Mars Attacks was a movie that on paper I should really like because it's, you know, it's got the fucking the B movie sci-fi element. It had all these stars doing fun cameos. I just feel like Mars Attacks tonally was off slightly. It's like it took itself slightly too seriously in certain moments. Yeah. And it was like too long. It should have been like an, a nice like one hour and ten minute movie and it kind of goes on for too long. And But aspects of it I liked. And I, that's 
Mars Attacks. Is that in his uh, like Ed Wood phase? Yeah, like it's around that time where he got like he was real into like nostalgia, like his own nostalgia for old timey things. You know what it reminds me of Peter Jackson's King Kong. When a director has a passion project where there's a thing that they're like you know they they were super inspired by and they get a chance to make a thing, but then they end up getting too indulgent. And I think Mars Attacks is like he wanted to make a parody or pastiche of B movies, but then he just sort of just made one. Yes. And that's the problem with it. It's like it's not really commenting or making fun of B movies. It just is a B movie and it's too long, but it's got things that are fun. Hey, whatever. Look, but those aliens are great. Ack, ack. Yeah, no, Um, the aliens are fun, but they're also CGI at a time when you shouldn't have done it. The technology wasn't quite there for CG characters. And I think it gives the movie a charming quality, especially for the year and time. I was thinking back uh, to like those types of movies with that style of cinematography and the effects all had like a green wash to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like it it makes me think of that. I guess that's why I think I'm nostalgic for that. No, I get it. (laughs) The Cherokee Kid, Sinbad, as an HBO movie. It's a good movie. Beavis and Butthead Do America. I love this movie. It's so funny. It's shouldn't be as good as it is for being a Beavis and Butthead project. But it's a really, really well-written comedy. I remember it being really funny. I laughed at the theater. The stupid cornholio bit was really dumb. And <laughs> I, uh, To be honest with you, though, I have not seen it since this year that we're talking. So, like, it's been a while. One of my favorite things is uh, they're on the tour and he's all hopped up. And she's like, something, something, the lobby. He's like, hey, in this, the lobby. Will there be tipping for my bunghole? <laughs> it's such a stupid fucking thing. It's really stupid. Ghost of Mississippi, Alec Baldwin, Whoopi Goldberg. I remember that movie. One Fine Day. I like this movie. It's a uh, rom-com with Catwoman and George Clooney. Scream. Rewrote the whole horror thing. Wes Craven. He's a sexy, sexy old man to me. <laughs> Evita, starring Madonna, right? Did you like that, that one? I, I, I was I was with the country that boycotted this. Madonna should not be playing our precious Evita, although I forget what country that is. <laughs> Hamlet. Kenneth Branagh is obsessed with Shakespeare movies, and he wanted to make a few his own. Hamlet. How many more movies are in this list? Because it's just I one more. The, okay, and then just the People versus Larry Flint, where he was um, the hustler guy, right? I think yep. he, he might have been also nominated for stuff on this movie. Also, Norm MacDonald has a very brief part in that film. There's like one scene that he's in, which makes me happy. And that was 1996 in music and in cinema. Perfect. All right, Marco. We're going to say goodbye, but... Marco, okay. I told him, uh, make me an awesome playlist, and he said, I, I will, but we have to play all these songs, and he was very adamant. Yeah, no, I've got to play this artist, because he's really good, all right? I haven't played him on the show before, I just want to make sure people are aware of him. His name is Collapse Project. Uh, I've really been digging his sound. It's almost like a, it's just a real authentic, almost traditional synthwave sound. A lot of his stuff reminds me of movies and shit like that from the 80s. So it really takes me back to that stuff. Anyway, he's got a lot of good music on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, all that stuff. Like I said, the artist's name is Collapse Project. Check him out. Uh, the one I want to play is his new one called Hardwired. All right, let's do it. This is Collapse Project with Hardwired.
And that was Collapse Project with Hardwired, Marco's last pick this week. This has been a big, long show, but I'm proud of us because we got through two years. And uh, let's fucking say goodbye because I feel like I'm losing my voice. And we need to do a wrap-up? Yeah, we need to do a wrap-up of all the data. Okay, let's do it. Super math times. Okay, really, really quick. I'm just going to give the percentages. So 1995, Andy gave that a 36.67%. I gave that exactly a 50%. Marco gave it a 43.33%. And Mike gave it an 80%. Overall, we thought that 1995 got a 52.5 percent all right on to 1996 andy gave it a 28.89 percent which was significantly worse than 95 i gave it a 52.5 percent marco gave it a 31.11 percent and mike gave it an 84.44 percent overall we thought that 1996 was 48.89 percent good so so far we've done 1990 91 92 93 94 95 96 what is the year that we have so far liked the best as a group uh let's see it looks like 1992 just yeah 1992 interesting yeah what's the one that andy liked the most from that year baby got back (laughs) that's a fun song (laughs) um so i I, i'm not going to hold anybody else to this we are saying goodbye now but i will say this I'm, I'm going to task myself one additional thing. When the 90s are done, I am going to revisit the year that I liked the least, and I am going to listen to the top 100 of that year. I'm not holding anybody else to do this. I'm going to do it myself to see if I can find something positive to say. Like, if it's one of those shitty years where there's, like, 10 songs, I'll listen to the 100 and maybe find some other songs in there that I wasn't thinking of or whatever and see if I can feel a bit better about that particular year which means I might be going back and listening to what 1993 I think that was like the year I liked the least so far and I'll I'll bring my findings to the court uh, but we'll do that once we're done so uh, Florence it's lovely to chat with you thank you for joining me on another family show joining us uh, the family (laughs) yep and people who are you're related wel- to each you're other. Very, yeah, you're very welcome, Andy. It's always a interesting time. Yep, that's that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Go, Mike. Check out. Oh yes, yeah. No, I'm not done. Okay, sorry. go check out a Star you can Parts go, uh, album, retro promenade which is coming out soon. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, go go check out A Star Apart's new album out on the 15th of April. A Star Apart. Do it. Mike. I'm going to be getting back into the chart, the retro power chart, because Synthwave is all over the place, and we need some unified hub of data where we can objectively say this song was more popular than that song. And then it makes artists want to compete to get on the chart, which means that collectively, our all of our levels of marketing should be better, and then maybe we'll get Synthwave some more traction like I always wanted. I love you guys. Uh, I love doing this show with you, and you always make me smile. Especially... Uh, all of you guys were like leaning in. You were like, huh? I hope he says my what name. Are you say? <laughs> say my name, please. Um, especially Steven Seagal. Oh, that man is a fat old dumb guy. Um, Marco. I just want to say it's a pleasure, ladies, gents. It's always a pleasure. That was a bit smoother this time. Uh, I, it's weird. I'm finding as we go along, the fucking the years are getting worse and worse for me. But uh, <laughs> that's that's to be expected as I'm getting older, you know. Yes. Um, 
But I'm uh, looking forward to next year. Uh, t- thanks a lot, everybody. And thanks for picking some cool tunes. Always a pleasure. Always. All right. Well, listen, everybody. Uh, it's always fun. Tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. And tune in uh, in many weeks for the uh, continuation of the Family Show saga. When this is all done, I'm going to do a big playlist that'll just be like the Family Show 90s series so people can go back and maybe make uh, make their own little lists and compare them to ours and see which one of us they are the most like. Uh, and then send me that information so I can do something with it. I don't know. Look. Have a lovely week, everybody, and we'll chat. We'll chat. We'll. Okay, I'm done. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Christ. (laughs) We'll chat, all right? See y'all. Chat you later, dude. Bye. Thanks for Beyond Synth is made possible by the supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash beyondsynth or donating via PayPal at beyondsynth.com. If you want to submit music to the show, please email beyondsynthsubmissions at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to Beyond Synth on YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. May the Force be with you.